right, we're back. It's I'm it. back. We are back. It took us three weeks to get back in the, so, in the saddle. I'm not here today. Oh, sorry, I wasn't here last week, but the day you... Oh, where are you then? <laughs> it's a, it's a I was going to say, the, the day you would least expect me to be here oh, the is clock, today. the clock, by the way. The clock. Oh, yeah. Back the clock will be You'd figure today was the day I'd miss. But no. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm uh, back in the saddle. Thank you, Iggy, for filling in. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a unique uh, couple weeks here, but uh, we are here healthy, thankfully, and uh, now in the final two weeks of the season. Did you guys do remote last week? We did, uh, yes. How'd yes. it go? It was three hours long. It was remote. Yeah, a remote was three hours long. Yeah. So, But we are in the final two weeks of the season, uh, weeks 10 and 11 upon us. Registration open for spring. That's huh? right, uh, which is now up and running officially. But Eagle, correct me if I'm wrong. Is there a chance that players' ratings might go up or down before the end of the season or by the end of the season? Well, or? thanks, Peas. This is a great segue. <laughs> Natural what a, what a segue. segue that is. So, as many of you might be aware, and if you're new to Flag Plus, you might not, uh, there is a player rating associated to your profile. And after every season, we reevaluate your score based on your performance over the past season. Because registration opened before the season ends, Again, this is a very weird year because normally this doesn't happen. Um, but because of that, we had to run the rating calculator ahead of time with a smaller sample size of data because not everyone has played 10 games. Yeah. Some of you have played maybe four games with all the postponements and cancellations yeah. and weird schedule changes. So because of that, the sample size of data is small and therefore the um, the information that the calculator processes is a very uh, is very volatile. So what we're going to do is at the end of the season, we're going to rerun the calculations all over again and your score is going to be updated. For anyone who has played basically every game this season, the likelihood of you changing significantly is very low um, because we have a large enough sample size on you in order to figure out where you are. But if you've played very few games, maybe you had one really good standout game amongst the other ones, and again, in the small sample size, uh, or vice versa, you had really bad games over that small sample size, the chances are your rating will change more than not. That being said, it's more likely your rating will go down with a larger sample size because the only way that it stays where it's at is if you're continuously performing at the same level. Um, so if you had a really good standout games, you have to have a lot of good standout games in order to keep that high rating up. So the more games you play, the more likely you are to fall off the cliff, if I want to call it that, so your rating would go down. So, so that being said... it's the quality and quantity. You, you play a larger number of games you're going to have a chance that you're not going to move up in the overall ranking. But if you play a small number of games and you do massively well, well, guess what? You're going to have a bigger chance of moving up. Mo, are you a data or data guy? Would uh, you say data, data or data? I don't know. I say both. I say data. I'm with Eagle on data. Eagle, I heard you say data. That's what I'm It asking. is data, yeah. And it's for me, it's just because that weird dude from Star Trek, The Next Generation. Right. Was, of like, That's like, what I was thinking of right now, actually. Yeah. Here, here's a very good example. Uh, January 12th, uh, when would this have been? 20... Oof, I want to say 2013. Might have been a little bit more than that. Uh, Mo Khan put up four touchdowns and 134 yards uh, against Les Albatros. If you take that's that, he must be a great quarterback. Yeah. If you take that game by itself, wow, that's a good stat. But then if you look at the whole season in nine games, you have 20 touchdowns and 16 INTs. Not so good. Exactly. So, so we'll get that figured out. But uh, 
as of now, officially, the spring season would begin. You June. won that game, by the way, 27 25. Uh, 2014. So the spring season would begin June 5th, uh, that week. Eric June. Thomas and Alex Russell was to carry. Right. Uh, June 5th is when the season would begin. Like a week after the season ends. The season ends. So Jesus. our vacation is literally three days. And we'll see you fools. Well, my again. vacation's also in the middle of next season. I know. So it's crazy. We're if gonna... you do register early, um, and before we rerun the calculations, we are going to reach out to you to just confirm your place in the division. This so is especially true for quarterbacks because quarterbacks might find themselves pushed up to a new division. Yeah, that's, that's a hot topic debate. No, everyone's going to stop crying. I've been pushed up nonstop for like three seasons now. I know. I know. Shut up and play. All right. Uh, Updates, Eagle, with the OCs and UR accumulations as we approach the final uh, chapters of the regular season here, my friend. Um, yes. So for those who aren't aware, we do have objectionable conduct and unnecessary roughness trackers in uh, the back end. You can see how many you're at by going to our website under the content section and then the OC and URs area. So these are penalties which gets you kicked out of the game for 10 plays. If you get two of the same one in the game you get kicked out of the game and usually there's a report written about it um, you'll notice right at the top over here if you get three OCs or three URs or two of each well four cumulative this results in a one week suspension and for people that have already hit three they've already been issued their suspensions and have served them for anyone currently sitting at uh, two so for example Tyler Stewart Alex Farrell Alejandro Fonte uh, Noah Bloom, you guys need to watch out. Um, the list continues here, for example, because um, if you get one more of that one, you get suspended. And same thing happens if it's the last week of the season and you get a penalty in that game that carries into a one week suspension for playoffs. So, so keep that in mind. Let's say you go into the playoffs with two of one or three combined. They what reset happens? for playoffs, They're but clear. the threshold is much lower at that point for playoffs. Okay, so we definitely have that figured out. And now the biggest question that has been asked to me multiple times, asked to PZ and Eagle and to others in the FPF world, the biggest division of teams. And now we have our playoff format set for Division 6. Uh, hallelujah, we figured it out after eight weeks well, of negotiations. So we kind of knew what we were going to do, although this is slightly different, and Eagle will explain sort of the ins and outs as we go through it, but... Uh, we also don't want to give teams too much information in Division 6 because unlike other divisions, Mo, like Division 4 and 5, we split them in advance because we know more about the teams and there's, yeah. there's more data regarding the caps. Uh, and so we, we, we were able to split teams ahead of time. We don't do that for Division 6 because there's so many unknowns, right? Right. Um, like, for example, having Caleb Faulkner throwing in Division 6 was a weird surprise, especially when his name was Caleb Rogers when he registered. Or when uh, you have the free agent squad one year go almost perfect 8-0, and and then this year go a perfect 0-9. Yeah, yeah so. they're, they're not doing so well this year. Which is fine. Like, that's, you know, it's to be expected. But it's the variability, right? Like, you yeah. don't know what to expect year after year, season we after season. You also don't know what team's strength of schedule, what that'll be like. Of so. course. Uh, we came up with a system where we split the teams prior to the playoff, kind of like, we, you know, NCAA will break teams off into sort of the main basketball tournament and the NIT. 
yeah. uh, based on you know strength of s- different factors. We we have some factors as well. And we'll we'll explain that. This is the third in three seasons. The 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 third different way we've divided them. And we've also learned from all the past experiences. So one of the big takeaways we had from the last time we did this. Uh, was that one conference was potentially stronger than the other, which resulted in kind of a finals experience not being where we wanted it to be and just one team being stronger than the other. Now, you can argue uh, one team wasn't as strong as the other, one team just choked. Uh, there's, anyway, We can go back and forth on it, but that seems to have been like a message we heard from the community. So we're trying something a little bit different this time around. So I'm going to go back to the website here. We're going to go to check out... To be fair, out- the team that was supposedly weaker won the championship, though. That's why, but that's what I mean, though, right? Like that. But like they won the championship against a team that was stronger and had a harder battle to the finals. I mean, you still you still don't know what's going to happen, right? So to remind everyone where we're at, both conferences A and B uh, have East, North, South, and West divisions. Nothing says the uh, West at Conference A over there, boys. What? No, East, North, South, and West, and then you have East, North, South, and West. I know that says West, like the Conference A division, man. What? Okay, shut up. Um, so the way this works when we go to the playoff standings tab is that they're divided into the total conferences, conference A, conference B. The first four seeds are the divisional winners. So this is classic NFL style. If you win your division, you get one of the top four uh, seeds for your conference. From that point onwards, five to 14 are ranked based off of our usual order. So Points, wins, uh, divisional record, points against, head-to-head. All the stuff is inside there. You can look at the breakdown in the uh, tie-break info if you want to figure it out. And teams number 15, 16, and 17, as you can see in red, are eliminated from playoffs. Now, this doesn't update based on the percentage chance. So, for example, all three of these teams could still make it in, depending on what happens uh, at the end with Lionhearts, etc., um, but just to let you know, cu- our cutoff is going to be seed number 14 in both Conference A and Conference B. But this is where it gets fun, Mo. Yes, I'm excited. We are not drawing a line after team number seven and saying split 50-50. We are doing some creative magic here. This and is our stuff. graphite extraordinaire on the uh, Flight Plus team, uh, Duke, designed us this graphic to illustrate exactly what's going to happen. So we're going to switch over to its view. It won't have the team names as of this point, but it does have the positions in the same concept. So we have... Look at that, huh? The colors. The divisional winners, uh, 1A down to 4A and 1B down to 4B. They are going to move on to the Division 6 playoffs and occupy the top four seeds, as you can see on the right-hand side. Seeds... 12A to 14A and 12B to 14B are also going to move into uh, the uh, Division 6 playoffs. So kind of like we call it like a punishment for making playoffs, but not by the skin of your teeth. So you get sacrificed to the divisional gods. But in order to compensate for the fact that maybe Conference B is stronger than Conference A, we're switching up the seeds. So 12... 13 and 14B are going to play in the conference A grouping and 12, 13, 14A are going to play in the B grouping. So we're swapping the bottom seeds or swapping the top seeds, depending on how you look at it, uh, to get those matchups that are differently. 
Yeah. It's kind of like that reality show, you know, when they exchange husbands or, or wives, you know. Ultimatum or whatever show. it is yeah, on Netflix. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I heard I've heard. i not seen a single second of that. Uh, that's, anyway. So I, carry on, Eagle. I'm, I'm not a, uh, I don't like reality television. So then the question becomes, what happens for the are. remaining teams? So, I mean, technically <laughs> I it's it is. relegated <laughs> is the term, but I mean, you're going to 6D yeah. finals. So same idea here. 5, 6, 7, and 8 are going to hold the top four seeds. 9, 10, 11 will take the bottom ones, but they will swap the conference again um, so you'll have a better matchup and just like in the most recent NFL playoffs the number one seed in this case 1A 1B 5A and 5B are going to get first round buys and then it's two seven three six four five type of breakdowns and from that point onwards it's going to be a bracket style for the end so top team faces the lowest team etc so reseed yeah reseed yes. no, the bracket's different I'm bracket. sorry reseed yeah. yes yeah. So, and, and um, why is it, Eagle, that the middle teams are relegated, not the lowest teams? Um, so, what we found was the want to tank your season, to have an easier playoff run, is too convenient for teams. So, when you know you're not going to win the conference, you lose just enough to not be eliminated, to try and get the bottom ones. That was our, our, our yeah. first experiment at this, and that's exactly what we saw happen when it we saw announced walk the walk in the park finals. It was not enjoyable for so, so So in this, this model here, if you do well enough to qualify, but not well enough to actually be middle of the pack, we're punishing you, you for get doing punished that. For tanking. So I have, an ex I have a question to ask you, Eagle. Um, so in this case that we have this format, which is pretty cool, uh, seventh rounders who are in the fifth seed right now in conference a, they have a seven and two record at 14 points. Yep. So by this new format, they would be relegated to six D then, correct? They would be the number one seed in six D conference a. All right. So big fat bats who have less points and less wins would be in the higher division because they are the division winner. The division right leader. Yeah. Okay, cool. That way there's there's some sort of weight to the conferences and so on. Okay. So so Mo, this is where it actually gets interesting and this is the exact point, right? So Big Fat Bats are five, three, and one in the four seed. They would be playing the twelve seed from conference B, which in this case is Cavaliers Rohan at four and four. So you can make an argument that's not gonna be an easy game for Big Fat Bats, because maybe Cavalier is actually better than them. Yes. And you can make the same argument for Flamingos and arguably Stratton Oakmont when it comes to their matchups against FKU and the Spanish Inquisition. I would say we can't, but that's fine. But again, it's, 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 uh, it's you a never know. Look, if this sticks and does well, or we have uh, a melange of upsets and wins. Of, of you know, But look, it rewards the teams who have regular season success. Of course. And the teams that are in the lowest part of the brackets, you know, they it makes sense they have tough playoff matches too, right? Like yeah. that's, that's basically what sports is. And the other question to answer here for uh, new teams who may not know about this, what is the difference between Division 6 and Division 6D? Nothing. 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 You still get a trophy. You still get some swag. You still get a production for your final. It yeah. still gets streamed. You still we get play-by-play. Play. Just because it was originally the developmental division where it was all new teams went into it and then uh, the, the teams that sort of stuck around from previous seasons competed in Division 6. But we didn't get good results with that either, so no, we still no. kept the nomenclature, but you're right, Eagle, and now there's no difference. It's not even a higher or lower trophy, it's just a different trophy. Yeah, it, it's... Because the cap is the same, so... I mean, I the guess same. there's more prestige in getting but the it, Division it, 6 but win. But not really, because because 5A and B, like, there's a cap difference, right? So you're, you're playing in a, by definition, a more competitive division, but Division 6 and 6D are, are essentially, they're identical. We're breaking them it's apart parody. later. That's what it's, it is. Yeah. 
That's what it is. It's the unknown parody that you have in Div 6. All right, let's dive into Div 6. So, not many games. It actually uh, was a ton. It was one of the divisions with the most yeah, games. Yeah, Div 6 had the most games. Yesterday, there was a ton of games. So, Dusters 2.0, FKU. I was there for the game at Loyola. Uh, a very chippy affair. Uh, the the love loss is, was not uh, endearing for these two the teams. The love here. loss was not lossless no, without it love. No, wasn't. So to speak. Uh, so... How the turntables... Yes. Uh, FKU... Bad loss because they kind of fell into the traps of oh, Dusters. They played two games. Yeah, they played that beat Durfee afterwards. But wow. in the FK, yeah, it was awful. Sorry, guys, that sucks. I don't know who did the scheduling there, going from NDG to Brie Durfee. But anyway, so this game with Dusters 2.0, they kind of fell into the traps. And both teams got under each other's skins, mostly FKU getting irritated by Dusters. And there was a little bit of tete-a-tete afterwards, which, again, does not really, uh, I'm not really happy about because you don't want that to happen. Of course not. But, but that's the kind of team Dusters are, right? They're kind of that trap team. I don't think they're elite, but they're a team that gives everyone sort of a hard time. Right? Like we've seen that throughout the season, um, and, and that's why. I, I mean, it's, it's surprising just because FKU has shown that they're, they're more than just false kings this season. But if you look at Dusters, um, they they – um, gave seventh rounders a, a tough game. They yeah. lost by two points. They 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 beat Maccabees by four points. They uh, they lost the Toon Squad by three points. They tied V Town. Like this is a team that's played, you know, Close games of their nine games. Four of them have been tight. Yeah, you know, so they're 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 not an easy out for anybody. They're one of these teams that we talked about. They're likely going to fall in the six D bracket and actually give sort of one of the higher seeds a, a tough time. Well, five of their games have been by six points or less. Yeah, this year. So and, and then even though they beat Henry P. Sagang, who was fighting for their playoff lives as we speak, um, Henry P. Sagang and, and T. Poland are the teams that they've uh, and Wild Hogs are the teams they've, they've blown out. Yeah, and like those are the teams you expect them to blow out, right? Like those teams are are the lower part of the division, right? And look, they they got Linehearts next week, and that, that, that's that, a big one. That should Lionheart. be a, that should be a game they they win handily. I mean, at least I don't have to drive from Loyola to Laval. <laughs> at least there's that. At least well, would you prefer driving from no, NDG to no. Laval or NDG to Bay Durfit? Well, it depends where Eagle's driving me. Like, if he's driving, it's fine. Well, Laval <laughs> baby driving your ass out there, you know? Yeah, so. I'm not doing that myself. Of course um, not. I hate driving, so for me... But, I, I mean, also, it's you finish your game, you have to, like, take off your cleats, get changed, get in your car, drive, then put them back on and everything. Like, no, I'd for rather... For those who play in cleats, I agree. I'd rather go to the bar the and The worst have a part is that Loyola, there isn't parking nearby unless you want to risk it, right, with uh, tickets and stuff. So you got to walk, like, literally, like, 40, 50 yards to your car. Oh, no, there's a parking lot in the yeah, back. Yeah, there's a parking lot. But you got to pay for the parking, though. Yeah, it's like six bucks. I know, but some people don't realize that, right? <laughs> some people are like, oh, you know... Also, <laughs> so I, we apologize to everyone who isn't an adult. Of course. Anyway. <laughs> but if you're not an adult and, and you like gambling, you got to think that if you park in that lot and don't pay, like it takes a few minutes to notice that your car is there and then the tow truck has to get there. They got to call the tow truck. So like, are they going to tow? I'm not saying. No, they give you a ticket though. But who's going to give no, you a ticket? Well, there's tow signs if there. It, if, yeah. it's a, if it's a private lot, I mean, they can't give you a ticket. Right, they can only tow you. Well, there, there's, there's, yeah, exactly. It's a tow. It's because I've seen the signs. It's a tow. It's they're, they're, they're tow signs because yeah. it's, a, it's, it's private property. It is private property. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. they can't give you a ticket. They have to tow you. Yeah. So well, they were giving tickets on on Wednesday when I went by. But who? But the security, Concordia Security. Yeah, but you don't have to pay that. <laughs> it's not a real ticket. Yeah, it doesn't go against your record or anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't care about that. <laughs> yeah. You out of your mind, Concordia. <laughs> Anyway, so with stop FK- sending me alumni stuff. I'm not giving you money. I know. Uh, so FKU uh, now we're at a point with 
with them were coming off the bad loss to but also Dusters. a big win so and a big win right? both things they split 50 <laughs> 50 here but they also had to drive to Bader Ugh. Well, yeah. they were the ones. They're the ones yeah. we're talking about. But then Dusters went to Laval. No, Dusters had to go to Laval. That's why. Jesus. Yeah. Sorry about yesterday, guys. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Anyway. Don't mean to ruin your 420s. So that was rough. FKU now, where do you see them in the pantheon of the six, division six teams that's going to the bracket of the higher end playoffs? I, I do think they're, they'll likely win the division. Eagle, if you can bring up the division standings, uh, because I have the the game logs. Um, look, the, what worries me is weird games like where they beat Wild Hogs by six. Like that should be an easy, easy win for them. Yeah. Uh, they beat Ani Pisai Gang by like you know five points. Um, they've had unnecessary close games, but they're still seven and two, and they they have ability. What they seem to have sometimes is lack of focus. And that, to me, might punish them in the playoffs. I don't know if they'll lose a first-round game because of that, but it might cost them before they get to the finals. Because I like the team overall. I think the athleticism is impressive. Yeah. I think that they learned a lot in a short period of time, uh, which is what you want for low-division teams. Um, and, like, I really like uh, the, 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 the receiving combination. I've talked about a lot in my article. Uh, Leo Diakamakos and Manny Vizogias. Uh, Noah Bloom also has come along. Uh, he's, we mentioned he's got to be careful with those OCs and URs. But um, essentially, they have a nice core. Um, they have a nice core uh, that's really worked but in, to the benefit of Alejandro Fonte. You know, one off, are you taking them over the Thunder Buddies? No. So 100%. here's where it gets a little bit interesting, okay? So in Conference A West, they're currently holding the one seed, but they have a game uh, down against flag football team, right? Because they only play eight games, and they're two points ahead of them. So FKU has big fat bats left on their schedule, um, which, by the way, is also kind of an important game for big fat bats because they want to clinch the North potentially as well. Yeah. But either way, and being the higher Fla- division, flag football team has Tropic Thunder and your girlfriend's cheer for us. That's, that's a tough couple of games. And FKU has the tie break, the head to head over uh, flag football team. So if FKU win. They guarantee their spot. If they lose and flag football team can win both their games or at least win one, tie the other, uh, that's going to be uh, a change in the number one seed in that conference. A West. So, so it's a big be game. A relegation then almost. It'll be a big game for your government's uh, Frusk. I don't believe they're clinched yet. Yeah. Um, and you know the thing is they're two and five for sure. But one thing to note is that they're. They're giving up 28 points a game, which is not ridiculous for the lower teams in Division 6. Usually, low teams in Division 6 give up a ton of points. So, they're giving up less than five scores a game. So, that means that they're likely in games. And Tropic Thunder is really good. So, I think um, I think that serves FKU. Because I don't know if like football team can win both games. All right. So, among the division leaders right now with the four and, and A and B piece, who is the most vulnerable going into the final games into the playoffs that we will have coming up um spanish inquisition have been up and down but there's enough high division talent on that team that you think it carries over you know, with the the buck brothers and yeah. and uh they have uh, they have a, a really good receiver in Medric Lozon who played he played with me once a season he, he's from mfl he's uh or not he's sorry he's the Taban league um he's he's really good um 
And By the way, just to interrupt you here, um, the only se- uh, one seed right now that has clinched the one seed is Penetrators in B North. Everyone else is still kind of up for grabs. Tropic Thunder kind of has a good hold on, on their spot, um, but everyone else is still in contention. So Spanish Inquisition, Beer Knights, and Stormers are fighting for A East. Big Fat Bats and Dusters 2.0 are fighting for a North. Thunder Buddies and 7th Rounders are fighting for a South. FKU and Flag Football Team are fighting for but a just, West. But just like looking at who's in those positions now in terms of who's vulnerable, I don't yeah, think... Yeah, yeah, because none of them are guaranteed, yeah. essentially. I, I, I don't think Thunder Buddies are vulnerable because uh, it's the best team in the division. High-scoring offense. Well, yeah. It, it's, it's really nice to have a, a lot of unrated players from MFL with willpower on the team as well. Of course. Um, that, that always helps. Uh, FKU uh, have, have one of the easier games remaining, and they're gaming against Lionhearts. Uh, to me, the two questions I have are West Island Boys and... I like them a lot. I was going to bring them up right now. They're my favorite team coming from this side of the division. So um, the, the, the concern I have is uh, that... They don't. They're not an elite scoring team. They, they're just good. They control the clock. They, uh, uh, I mean, they've scored thirty-four touchdowns. I guess. I guess they've scored more than I've, I've given them credit for. So really, it comes down to one team. Mo. <laughs> it comes down to one team. Look, I can't admit when I'm wrong. It comes down to one team. Um, I, Tropic Thunder depends who's playing quarterback, um, because when they have Mikel Arsenal, they're very, very good. Um. But when he's not there, it's not the same team. So, and he's 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 to me the front runner for two way player of the year because he's thrown thirty touchdowns in seven games, and he also has eleven interceptions. So the reason why three of them for touchdowns. The reason why I would I would have the West Island Boys as my favorite team in this whole process. It's not the question you asked me. I know, I know, but <laughs> but you mentioned them right now, and that's okay. my team I'm watching out for because. As I said to Iggy last week with Eagle, uh, their defense is phenomenal. The defense is good, and, and and what I was gonna say is early in the season, the their offense wasn't clicking yet. Yeah, where it seems like it's come on because uh, as I noticed, I was like, wait a second, just scoring more than I thought. Uh, but uh, the defense, the 20, defense out the gate was really good. Twenty ints and watching the game a couple weeks ago um, at Lachine, I believe they had played. Uh, it was Steph Rose who had a rough go of it this yeah. year. I uh, had a tough loss, um, you know, as well. But the the team's composition, like Zach Stacy, he is a chain mover. Mm-hmm. Like on third down, that's their go-to guy, and he's and the yards after catch is pretty good. Like it's not like five, six yards. Like this guy's eating like 10, 12, 15 yards after a catch, and is is a lethal, lethal threat. Skylar Bailiff, who's Skylar Bailiff, who I said in a previous, I think the show you were here. Yeah. To me, he's like the best receiver nobody knows in FPF right, right. now, and he's playing Div two as well with the yeah. Incredibles and. He's really come on of late. I think he's going to be a, a legitimate threat for years to come. But I, just, I will say that it's kind of a narrow target tree, right? It's those two it's, guys. That's it. There's there's a huge drop off from those two guys. But then for Nick Nick Richard, right, for where he is as a quarterback, I mean, he uses his legs. The ingenuity is there. Like he uses his legs if if he can't find anyone open. But I want to see him become not a true traditional pocket passer, but to but use his legs to his, open the pass rather than yeah. The, the ingenuity can the be rusher. there, right? But yeah. like this, like if you're in the, if you're in the hole, this. Find yourself that guy. Like, don't have to bail out every single time because that just breaks down the play. So, I think for West Island boys, whatever the matchup will be in the playoffs for them in a couple weeks from now, um, they if they put it together, I think they can go two, three rounds in this uh, whatever format they'll end up in uh, in early May for that season. So, it's gonna be fascinating piece how this plays out for Div Six and Six D. Definitely. All right, on to Div One as we move on here in this show. It won't be a three-hour show. I hope not. 
You, you think it's going to be three hours today? <laughs> it was really hot. There's a lot of NBA games that they need I to know. watch. You know what? we got to speed this up here. Okay, let's, let's I watch s- every right, playoff game. let's finish game. off the show. I know. <laughs> let's finish off the show now because I do have to eat afterwards. All right. Um, Div 1, Div 2. So we're now down to the final uh, sequence of games here for Div 1, Div 2. Um, so we look at the Incredibles. They take out the Outlaws in a win-fest game at Loyola Monday. Are you giving them any chance to get into the playoffs here given that they face the Party Crashers in Gryffindor in their final two games of the season. So that win was huge. Um, definitely. But they um, almost choked it, though. They yeah. almost choked it, though. Like, but it's it's weird. Like, Pete, sorry to cut you off, but they always jump off to, like, big leagues in the first half, and then they just lose focus, and they give up, like, points. Um, I think there's there's limitations on a team. It's more that. And then in Division One and Two, the defenses are so good and will adapt. Um, that that uh, affects them. Um, and like, you know, you go down to a guy like Stephen Harper's side, he's going to ha- he's gonna be able to come back on you. And, and look, kudos to them for putting up 45 points on the Outlaws. The Outlaws defense hasn't figured it out all season long. So you do what you have to do. You put up the points because... But they put up 39. Well, they, they had a couple of pick sixes though, right? So, and they put up 39 okay. in the first half. But I just don't know but why... But just say, you put up points on a team that's struggling to stop to stop the bleeding, right? So, like, that's what you had to do. You couldn't get away with beating Atlas by scoring 24 no, points, right? of course not. But this, for whatever reason, Greg Stern has to kind of uh, diversify his offense a little bit here. I, I don't... So, I think the time away has made it difficult where um, when he's tried to diversify it, he hasn't made the, re- the reads the way that he's most comfortable. So, they simplify the playbook, which is giving them better results, but it makes them more predictable as an offense. Yeah, the bandwidth is, shouldn't be too large. Like, it's very limited, his bandwidth right now and what he and but like the thing is it's also it's okay if Greg Stern has a learning season it just sucks for now but at this level it sucks yeah like he's gonna come back and I'm not worried about Greg Stern being effective in FPF we've seen it before yeah is, um, is this one of those games where Stephen Harpersod's system got exposed by some veteran defenders no I, I just think the fact that we're playing outdoors Loyola where it's pitch black and there's a win yeah so so, so Stephen Harpersod is not the strongest arm quarterback he's probably the weakest arm quarterback in the division um, so th- like the the category quarterback I put him in is kind of like Corey Packer and Rushdie been abdicator that his knowledge and his ability to scheme openness, um, and the elements make it more difficult for him than when he plays indoors. And trust me, uh, being a dome quarterback like Stephen Harper is like a like a Kirk Cousins type of quarterback in the dome, when he goes to elements, it sucks. Wasn't like, it, it sucks. Wasn't, it wasn't good. Um, and it's a team playing their first season in Division Two, right? So like yeah. you know, definitely. Uh, you know, they, they have something to learn there. So um, the, the only reason I'm saying that is because based on the play-by-play, it seems like Harper Saad, uh, well, besides the fact that there's two pick sixes, they were both on first or, or early on in their own zone, essentially, right? Like off their line. Yeah. Which usually indicates it's like undercutting like a hook or an outro. Well, this Nardone had, into a, had, a, had a sense of where the football was going. Most of the time. And, and, and like I've played against Vince Nardone a ton in FPF. Um he does quarterbacks that sort of uh, play through a system. He does pick up on tendencies really quickly. So KGP, they have big win over. Oh wait, to your question, party crashers and uh, yes, what's the other game they have? Uh, Gryffindor. Yeah, it's tough. I don't. I don't think. I don't, I don't think, think they they, they get by either. Party crashers have, have improved and uh, well, they've they've slumped. Well, sorry, yeah, they've slumped. Like but Gryffindor, like Gryffindor, I can't see them beating at all. Gryffindor, they can't. Uh, party crashers at their height. We're playing well. I don't think they've slumped. They've played tough competition, and they've kept. They've played well against Jean Smidzik and Hashtag NR, which are both much better teams than they are. Uh, well, and Terror Squad too. Let's not like. forget Apocalypse. If they win one more, they pretty much clinch. Yeah, uh, 
know, so it's Listen, the party crashers last one was And Apocalypse have Terror Squad and KGP though. That's That's not easy. Not easy. That can go either way. Yeah, I that's not easy for Apocalypse, you know, so Um I think I think Party Crashers is played better than you give them credit for. I know they've lost three games, but they lost them all by a score. So, like, they've been in games against really tough competition. Um, but the and Apocalypse can secure it just by getting a win, basically. So, I think it's I think it'll be tough. I think Apocalypse get in e- either way. I don't think Incredibles win either of those next two games. No. Uh, just to play devil's advocate here, yes. Outlaws have uh, KGP, B-Ballers, and Jean's Medzik on their schedule. No. It, they, if they win two of those three games, which they is, could potentially... Which is the one they win, Eagle. I'm just saying. I'm saying as a possibility. Yeah, they're not gonna they could KGB. end up in a three-way tie and maybe have a chance to get the eighth seed, depending on what happens in Apocalypse no, and Incredibles last so. two games. Sorry. I, I love your mind and how it's very expansive in, in thinking these scenarios, but it, that's like at the lowest totem pole. Maybe the maybe they win one. And like I can see them maybe even upsetting KGP just because they, they kind of match up a little bit well against well, some of their athletes. the point with KGP now, right? They're 5-1-1. One, and one. Uh, piece. They beat Terror Squad yesterday, and yeah. now they have three games left. If they run the table, they will be your number one seed for Division Again. Two. So <laughs> yeah, we we always disrespect them, and they always keep winning. Um, but remember, they they had a bad loss. Uh, uh, I think two weeks ago, and it was it was to B Ballers. But like B Ballers is a really athletic team. Like so, that's that's kind of where I I said that like uh, Outlaws m- might give them a specifically difficult challenge in that. I know KGP is the higher seed and KGP is the better team, but Outlaws have more size and can run with uh, can run with KGP. Uh, but they also face God Skills, which is obviously not an easy. It's a crossover game, so it's not easy. Yeah. And then they also play, face the Apocalypse, which I think should KGP be should beat them. But still, it's not a it's not a guaranteed win because you're playing against Rosenblatt, who's you know an established quarterback. So. But you know they're getting healthier at, at, at the right time for KGP because they they had they've had their roster guys have not been there, and now they're getting back all the regular faces. Like Dylan Garber had a massive game against Terror Squad. Uh, he made Pat Drome look a little foolish at times uh, on, at Loyola on Wednesday night. But you know at five one and one they control their fate, right? Because they they can finish as high as the number one seed, given that yeah. Terror Squad and Arizona both have two losses each, um, and with that many games left. They can really change the playoff format of who will face yeah. who uh, in the in the eight teams that will qualify. <laughs> Bless you. Spring, allergies are starting. Of I course. somehow I somehow put us out of focus with my giant sneeze. And I guess we're calling someone up now. Yeah, no, we're not. We're not. We're not. We're not. Yeah, I was trying to. We're waiting. That. We're waiting. I sneeze so hard, Mo. That you that called. It called the dial tone went someone. off. Someone. Uh, Gryffindor All Stars. Um, big matchup coming up. A rematch. Uh, that we'll have here, of course, for those and uh, for those who don't remember, um, Gryffindor lost a la Derek Carr to Henry Ruggs in 2019 when the Jets lost to the Raiders. Or 2020, I beg your pardon. When the Jets lost Did you say it was a car crash of a game? No, no. Okay. It wasn't that type of uh, uh, oh, yeah, I, just, I was wondering because you mentioned the So there's a rematch Derek now. <laughs> there's a rematch now with Gryffindor at 3-5, and five, All-Stars at 6-1. and one. Yeah. Um, this could really shape up the playoff format because if the All-Stars were to lose, they would give Flag Mosaic a chance to jump them for the number one seed, and that would put them probably in a matchup with Braves. If Gryffindor do win, they may still have a chance to move up in the rankings, but this has a big round. Well, Gryffindor have that last game against Incredibles. That I, yeah. I expect that to be one for Gryffindor. 
Yeah, um, Gryffindor is very confident. They think they can they can run the table now. Which I well, I mean, they, they just went toe to toe with All Stars, right? And like to me, that's a that's a coin flip game. They put a fifty eight against Slavia Sack, which again doesn't care about defense. No, they say like, this score, please. We'll just give you just keep scoring. Score. Uh, but that's the downside is sometimes you only put up only quote unquote put up thirty two points. Of course. Um, but uh, yeah, no, they 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 played a, t- a tight game. Uh, Dan Lazara played a cleaner game than Kevin Wyatt, but Kevin Wyatt just. He does that thing where he manages the game. He knows exactly how many possessions are remaining. He knows how to put his team in, in a position for success. And uh, he did that. So, I've seen yeah, him. We, there's we, so many times I've seen him do it. We, we talked about it last week, right? The blown coverage to Chris Yeah, because we, we played the Henry Ruggs highlight clip when he blew by the Jets to score the game. Which, touchdown. by the way, copyright claim by the NFL. Thanks, Mo. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm surprised Roger Goodell I mean, was watching this show. If you want to see show. Henry Ruggs go, go fast, there's other clips you could have used. Yes. Yeah, but Mo gave me that one. Oh, so. Yeah, I gave uh, that version of it. But in that case... I love that in Iggy's article, he posted the clip to the, the podcast. And yeah, you can't <laughs> embed And you can't watch it. And, <laughs> but he left the link. Poor Iggy, man. He left the link. Poor Iggy. He's, he's had, had a, a rough year, man. He's <laughs> had a rough media year this year for, for FPF. But so in that case, for, for Dan Lazare, we know scoring points is the, op- is the choice of meth here to win games. But does he need to slow it down then and try to make, maximize clock and maximize play so you don't give Ken Wyeth, as he did that two plays, that maybe, Wyeth used to score? Maybe. Like, it's it's tough. More like, I've seen so many situations where, like, first of all, Kevin Wyeth is the guy who normalized taking the timeouts in the first half, right? Because you know you need the extra plays in the first half. You don't know if you'll even need them in the second half. So why waste... The yeah. timeouts, right? Like so, he's he's the guy who, who normalized that in FPF. Especially despite the coming out of the second half, you have to start you start off with the ball. And right? That's the thing so is like, there's points. so many times I've seen him get two extra possessions by essentially using the timeouts and then starting with the ball in the second right. half. And how do you how do you beat the great the best quarterback who ever played FPF when he gets the ball twice more than you? Right, right. So like, um, in this game here, you know, all stars are the are the home team. I would imagine. They choose to give the ball to Gryffindor, so they have that possibility. So, the end of the first half and how Dan Lazara manages that to me is going to be key. And we've seen Dan Lazara also, by the way, manage games incredibly well. There was a game I don't remember against who was a few years ago where he had like there was like five plays remaining. Yeah, and he burned three plays before sco- sorry he burned two plays before scoring on third down, only leaving two plays. Although. This game, <laughs> two plays is too many. Yeah, but just to say, like, like he he's uh, he's also a guy who considers this as well. So it's not it's not like and like leaving a team with two plays that should be a winning game, right? In theory, yeah. I, I wish we had those ESPN percentages. I don't know if you see it on online where the graphic comes up. Yeah, like uh, so like ninety win, win probability. Yeah, ninety percent with like a minute to go, and then it jumps up to hundred percent when you win. I just well, we know. we uh, we had a conversation this week about uh, pred- pred- predictive stats. Um, so maybe maybe we'll have Next win probability. Carlo. No, it's not. No, Carlo. it's Wimmer. We, we would never give that to Carlo. Never. Uh, I have an interesting question for you since we just talked about what the Incredibles Outlaws playing outside. The next game that All Stars Gryffindor are going to play is inside Lachine, so Sunday it's not night. a case. But had this been an outdoor game, who do you give the advantage to? I would give it slightly to Wyeth. Uh, because Wyeth has, Wyeth has a more of a history playing a oh, lot of Dan, outdoor. Dan played. Tackle right, outdoors. but in the context of fly football, touch football, why does touch doesn't matter? Stop pretending touch matters. It, well, not anymore. Soft now. sport, a slight edge, slight edge. I'd say 55 45. That, I don't know that's a slight uh, edge. Co- to me, everything about this game is a coin flip. Everything most said is wrong, and it's a coin flip. Well, 
We're going to go to 35 plus. Who are you calling? Oh, Carmen. Carmen Felice. Okay, later for 35 plus. You know this. I know, but I'm saying that that was later on the show. He, he's live, by the way. Oh, Carmen. Good evening, gents. How's it going, bud? Things are well. As well how's, as the, how's the recovery coming along, my friend? I'll let you know tomorrow. Got uh, an eval with the orthopedic surgeon. Perfect world. The cast comes off, and we're transitioning to a walking boot. So we'll see how that goes. Is this like a Kobe Bryant type of rehab? If you remember Kobe's last year, he, he tore his Achilles heel. and So is Carmen the going to Germany for uh, experimental surgery uh, slash steroids? Perhaps, yeah, I don't know if he is or is not. Is the question. I already <laughs> had the surgery. It wasn't experimental. It went quite well. That's good, like I said, do we'll they still use like an actual like painkiller to put you to sleep or anything like that, or do they just pour scotch down your throat? <laughs> a little bit of both. Uh, no, so they uh, they actually numb the entire body with uh, epidurals, just as women take when they're pregnant, except there's three of them, and uh, then they inject additional freezing into the leg that's going to be operated on, and you're awake throughout the entire procedure. So lots of scotch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there not enough to put to sleep. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's part of the healing process. <laughs> All right, Karim. So, look, uh, we know you've been you've been scribing along here for for thirty five plus. We're entering now the final stages of their season. Uh, what's your takeaways from the regular season now, going towards the playoffs? That the regular season meant absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if you saw the results from last night. It was it was all upsets. Uh, uh, any any predictions went out the window. The shenanigans who have looked uh, uncomfortable and just uncoordinated all season came together and knocked off number one, Monster, which was, uh, you know, Jay Ali's back came out, first play of, of scrimmage, throws a bomb down the sidelines to Darren Costello, catching Monster sleeping, you know, Monster marched back. Very first play of the next offensive series, you know, Jay Ali flings another deep one to Darren, stopped on the one. So, uh, they came together. They looked good. Um, you had JMJ upset FPF, which I, I never would have thought happened. You know, you put an asterisk there as uh, Yanni Lehrer was missing, and he's obviously you know, both the the, uh, the big man for that that offense, and he's a large dude. Um, it and he's look... only played against them this season. The only well, no, he's he played, played one more game. He played oh, one he did? more game. Okay. He did. He played a different uh, a different team for his fourth game to qualify for the playoffs, and then didn't show up for the playoffs. I and, thought uh, I thought he just hated them. I thought it was like a personal <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, and Rosenblatt looked a little flat without him. Yeah. Um, well, it's so. the, he's been Rosenblatt's like uh, comfort blanket since his PC, since he yeah, started. Yeah, those two guys. Yep. Uh, when we look at pacemakers and and sort of the run they've been on, um, what is it that anyone else can do? Um, given their dominance in, in tier two, oh, there's no one in two tier in tier two that can stay with them. There's a couple of reasons for that, and I've said it several times in the articles. There's no one on the three draft teams that can rush Jason Rossi, mm-hmm. so he's always got that escape hatch anytime he wants it. He can take off on anyone. There's literally no one who can rush him. Two, and this is the disadvantage or the unfairness of putting a you know, a real team into a draft league, they don't have anybody to hide. Like in the draft league, there's players that, you know, sign up and they, you have to put them on the field. And generally you'll see them match off against each other when, when you're, you're lined up on offense and defense. The pacemakers don't have those holes. All they've got are, you know, athletes and there's no one to hide. So when they and get athletes matched have played up together before players, as well, and they've played together for years. So you got yeah. the communication. 
that works well. I mean, obviously the, the Rossi boys and Chris Brockwell have been playing together on multiple teams through, you know, the past seven or eight years. Scott Finns has been, and he stepped up big last night. He was huge. Yeah has been with uh, the Rossi boys for at least the last five or six years as well. Uh, Yavara uh, Traffy has been on that team for a while. It's a solid core. Can you, can you point out any weaknesses then for, for these teams such as pacemakers and where they might have some vulnerability going into the final weekend of game? Sweep the leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take out, take out Jason Rossi's legs until someone finds a rusher and, JMJ doesn't have it. So, unfortunately, no one's made Rossi uncomfortable. And until that happens, he doesn't need to force throws. Now, he's missing Brockwell. Brockwell had a little uh, incident a few weeks ago where he's got actually damage to one of his hands. Uh, he might actually be medically cleared to play uh, for the finals. And if that happens, then really, I, I want to say forget about it. I, I really can't see JMJ. And the opposite holds true. The pacemakers can rush anyone between the two Rossi boys and Brockwell. They've got three rushers that can stay with anyone else in that tier. So it, it's that old, you can't make Jason uncomfortable, but they can turn around and stop anyone from running. I've, um, I've been a old age outlaws apologist from the beginning. Uh, they got to a slow start, but they've since won um, five of their last six, I believe, including, uh, including last night's game. Um, What's been different for them during that stretch? Well, if you look at the last four games, it's been the Chris Hope show. Yeah. He's so fun to watch. Of, there's a little bit of controversy there. We'll, we'll, we'll leave that alone for now. But <laughs> uh, he's been leading the team on both sides of the ball. If you look at the number of knockdowns and his pass defended are almost always on fourth down. Like you don't track that as a turnover, mm -hmm. but he's got a lot of fourth down knockdowns that are just as important as an INT. He's, you know, playing that safety blanket back there at center field. So he takes away a lot of the deep balls. Yeah, you know, he took one away from Gino last night. And then on offense, he's been a playmaker. With shenanigans and old age outlaws, Carm, uh, you mentioned Jay Ali before. How big of a boost from a football standpoint is he for that team? You know him very well. I know him very well. He brings a different dimension to that quarterback position for this shenanigans roster. 100%. And I was chatting with uh, a couple of the guys before the game, uh, Shane and uh, Jason Prince, and they were like, hey, we have our quarterback back. And it brings a little bit of swagger when you've got your guy, and it looks like Jay's recovered from leg injury. He was moving in the pocket. He had a couple of nice runs, uh, made a couple of people miss. And when he's playing with confidence, I mean, he throws a great deep ball. Uh, you know, Darren and, and Shane went and got some for him yesterday. Uh, Darren is a very underrated player, extremely fast, uh, consistent hands. I'm not going to say he's got like, you know, hands of, of, of stickum, but a very underrated player. If you're not paying attention, all of a sudden you've got Shane Williams, you've got Jason Prince, you've got Darren Costello. It's, it's all of a sudden it's a danger in offense. Like early in the season, I was on their bandwagon saying this team probably player for player has more talent than anyone else. If you look at them. They just never put it together until, unfortunately for Monster, last night. Yeah. Carm, we were talking with Sarah Parker last week, and you know we were talking about uh, their playbooks, especially for the women's division, how the teams know each other. You having been in the league for, I mean, I want to say 20 Ever. years now, but it's been a, been a while. Since day one. Since day one. Yeah. Um, 
how does the 35 plus playbook or the knowledge of the game impact the way the game is played? Do you find like a lot of the trends from the, the standard adults division in the defenses and the new style, I'll call it the Joey Taylor offense almost, does that kind of perpetrate into 35 plus or is it called the old school men's playbooks that you used to have that kind of come over and people are familiar with them? A lot of us are all tackle players. So if you want to see our playbook and, Talent level hasn't dropped off that much. Maybe a little bit of the speed is uh, is varied off, but just watch, uh, you know, flag one a sack play. Watch the Braves play. It, it's a tackle playbook. It's not the dink and dunk. We don't. Uh, I mean, it's not. I know I love Jeff to death, but Jeff Rosenblatt is the, the Joey Taylor, much taller and bigger Joey Taylor, but the dink <laughs> yeah. and dunk. But and it's a, that new age ball. FPF, right? Like that's you know intermediate well, it's passes. The non, and it's the non-traditional quarterbacks. These guys yeah. who have not played quarterbacks the quarterback position outdoors. You know, yeah, the traditional never had to, well, they've never had to throw a 40 yard out to gain seven into the wind. Yeah. You know, you take a lot of, you know, the indoor quarterbacks, put them on a wide field, a little bit of weather. And I wish you well, you know, it's like an NFL or a U.S. quarterback when they come up here and then they learn what it's like to try and throw a wide side out. And they're like, that's a pretty big field. In a CFL yeah. like standard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Carmen, so yeah. It, so Sorry, I'm not what? sure if it's old school. It's just more the guys who have played tackle. Well, just I think what Eagle means was like when we started playing or when Eagle and I started playing, it was, that was the predominant style. Whereas like now that's sort of still a predominant style in the higher divisions, but sort of, you know, well, if it doesn't the work, you, you is, can't play it. Yeah. You know, I've watched your game develop and you've gone into a system that suits what you do well. Yeah. And that's, that's why you've had success. If you're trying to play a system that doesn't match your physical talents, then it won't that's work. the coach. Exactly. That, that's the coach. And that's your offensive coordinator. You need to switch things up. And if you keep trying to do what you don't do well, well, obviously you're not going to have fun. Eventually you're going to stop. And that's yeah. where you've got to learn to adjust to what you do do well. Uh, looking now towards championship finals, which is next Wednesday at Big Durfe. You got Olage Outlaw shenanigans, Pacemakers, JMJ. We'll start off with the, with the appetizer or the opening uh, uh, sequence here. Old Age Outlaws, shenanigans, what is the key in this game for either shot to win this championship? Does Jay throw with the authority he threw last night? The first time this year that I've seen him like step into the ball and really throw the ball well. Um, we played him the first two games of the regular season, just the way the schedules worked, and he wasn't throwing like that. Uh, he was not you know, throwing yeah. with the authority that he threw last night. When he threw deep, the ball fluttered last night. The ball did not flutter. So I don't know if he was – I didn't talk to him about it. I don't know if maybe his legs were bothering him early in the season before he had to, to step away for a bit. Uh, again, he's a, a lot like some of the uh, more traditional quarterbacks, the, the tackle guys. We throw with our legs. We step into the things. And when you take that away, the ball doesn't come out with the same zip. The ball was coming and, out. And your mind, time. no matter what happens, like your mind still – acts as if you can right so like he's still going to attempt those throws even if his legs aren't under him and right? it flutters and yeah. it gets picked off pacemakers jmj what is the key in this matchup next week honestly if chris olsen can slow things down and that's what he did last night he slowed the entire game down he was running literally every play even when he wasn't able to run he bought 15 seconds back there the FPF were not able to rush him with any success at all. He bought time all night, which limited, you know, Jeff Rosenblatt's offense. They didn't have the number of possessions that they normally do. They're a very high-scoring team. They only get things done quickly. They didn't get offensive opportunities. 
And and it was funny, just three of the games last night were just nail biters. Like who's gonna have the ball last? It was it was fun to watch, other than the fact that I couldn't actually play the game that I was supposed to play. That's true. <laughs> Uh, Carm, I just have a, a little compliment for you. You're the only person I see not using a virtual background and putting an actual background behind you, so I commend you for doing that. Oh, I, I just do. I just assume that's the view outside his window. Yeah, that's his castle out there. In yeah, there. I thought he lived in a magical forest. I mean, no. pull back the curtain. <laughs> that's actually here. the Hogwarts castle from the backdrop. I, I rotate them behind me. I do a lot of uh, virtual training. It's, it's I'm normally a public speaker, but COVID has shut things down, so I do a lot of... Uh, in office, what have you. And my boss always said, you know, Carm, your office is so busy. So rather than doing the, the blurry background where your head fades in, what have you, I actually went online and bought a bunch of backdrops. One is like a roaring fireplace. Now there's a bookshelf. I got the Harry Potter one just to, just to shift things up a little bit. I like it. I like it. Carm. Yeah, see, we're stuck doing this like green screen garbage and everything. Yeah. What like, do you mean? Yeah. This isn't this isn't a real background? Yeah, well, this isn't about, a. Man. You know, we're in a garage. <laughs> yeah, in, in a shipping container or what? <laughs> Look at that. Oh, my God. What is this? Anyway, Carm, a, a speedy recovery, my friend. Uh, yeah, take care. Take care of yourself, man. Thanks so much. A great job this year on the articles. And look forward to reading your recaps coming up in the next uh, week or so. Appreciate it, guys. Take care. Have a great night. Have a good one, dude. Carm right, Beliche, uh, a legend in this FPF world of ours, yeah. uh, on with us to talk about 35+. plus. Excellent. Uh, on to Div 3. I like that we handle the, like, well, real quarterbacks. <laughs> real quarterbacks out there. You know, that's how we roll. In my time, the quarterbacks were using their legs. But uh, anyway, uh, on to Div there 3. There was something interesting you said about how, you know, you have to have a playbook that suits your, your talent sets. on the field. That's right, yeah. I'm like, but as you're getting older, can you still run those post corners? Can you still run those wheels? Can you still run those smashes? Maybe, so, maybe at a closer which, range. What I find interesting about 35 plus is the arms haven't fallen off the way I thought at all. they would. Yeah. Like, those guys can still... Can still rifle other than Jeff Rosenblatt. Can still rifle it mostly because Jeff never could rifle it. No, he's not that type of. No, but that's literally what, what Carm was. It just makes the Rothenberger room look all that much worse. Than that I yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's a dude who really didn't take care of himself. <laughs> Jeff, well, you know, he, you know, you, you know, he, uh, I told him this. You look like uh, the Gonzaga player Drew Timmy. Okay. Uh, if you, uh, Eagle, if you don't mind googling, I do mind. Yeah, thank you very much. He's just a ginger white dude. Yeah, Google Drew Timmy Gonzaga. Oh and yeah, I know. Shot. I remember this. Guy. Also, yeah. also, uh, Google ginger white dude and put up both those pictures. Oh, I mean Matt Bonner. I am right where I belong. Clearly, he's uh, listening to Kermit the Frog. <laughs> ESPN's running Sesame Street commercials. Perfect. <laughs> All right, on to Div Three as Eagle gets that lined up here. I'm gonna go with this question here because I saw him play uh, this week. Rowdy Bustapin of Speed Academy. He is explosive. And Sheesh had no answer for him. He's he's unreal. But he's like a U Sports player, right? Wasn't he? Or wasn't he? Did he play Seja, basketball? Yeah, but his basketball. basketball yeah. And, and look who his sister is. Yeah, the lineage of athletes is phenomenal. But this kid is unreal. I mean, Thomas Kutu would like a word as best receiver. Um, but explosive. I'm talking about. I'm not talking about best. I'm talking about most well, explosive. Well, Thomas, but Thomas Kutu is like he's just a downfield threat, right? Like. We talked about it before, right? Why his receptions and targets are so lopsided is because he only runs deep deep routes uh, for Mangoes. But, you know, Robbie's, Robbie's out of this world. Um, I, I, I saw him early in the season. Um, so, like, where, for example, Sean Samurgeon, um is, you know, like a ball winner in the air and the way that uh, Anthony Crackwood is uh, sort of just a really good route runner. Yeah. 
Um, the top three, if you look at yards in Division Three, Thomas Kutsu, uh, Rabbi Bostappen, and Adam Rosen are just burners. That's what they do. He's Tyreek Hill. But but those three to me yeah. are those are that they're they're that type of receiver for their team. You know, and, and look, top off the defenses, go get it. You know? it's, it's a good question though, right? Because <laughs> did you just compliment the question you asked? No, no, me? no it's, it's, it's a, a good question, Mo. No, it's a good, good job asking. It's it, a good Mo. question of of Tomakutu and yeah. Roy Bostappen, right? Of receiver of the year, I think Kutu has a leg up on that award. Well, but Anthony Breeze was eighteen touchdowns is massive, right? So, but but that's and, it. Ag Gomes too. Like it's tough. It's it's one of the tougher races. I'm I'm happy I'm not a voter. It, it's, it's splitting hairs here at this yeah. point, right? But. But Bostappen, for what he brings, it's like he can turn a, a five-yard hook into a 35-yard touchdown. Yeah. You know, it's unreal. Well, it's, it's that. It's, it's that he's going to be catching either deep patterns over the top or taking a quick pass and, and bringing it up. Field. And he did this in outdoor weather. And he still dominated. You know, it's like he left tired marks on, on the, the Concordia football field. But I think that out, the outdoor weather is tougher on the defense than it is on the offense. Because the offense knows where they're going, right? It should be. Like, I'm not talking about throwing the ball, but just I'm saying from a route running perspective. Yeah. You, what you, like you're a, you're a defensive dude. What do you think? Um, What's weather better for? So, I think personally, I think weather is better for the defense because it's up to the offense to drive the ball downfield. So, if both teams are suffering from weather conditions, the defense wins by default, right? Right. If you can't advance the ball, the defense succeeds in their mission. So, I always look at it from that perspective. And then from like, well, you can't get to, to the spot on the field you have to cover. Well, that's the problem with your defensive call against yeah. the weather, right? Versus the receiver can't get there because it's slippery. Well, then the offense flutters. So, I, I look at it as weather favors defense. Um, and I'm pretty sure the Patriots agreed with me when they ran 53 times in a game. Right. Yeah, on <laughs> December 9th. Is uh, it, or is it just that Mac Jones is not talented? We'll find out year two. Again. Without Josh McDaniels. All right, so speaking of, of Speed Academy, uh, they're in a chase of the Killer Bees for the last playoff spot. Bees are 5-3. and three. Uh, Their final two games are blessed and silent ticklers. Not an easy schedule for them. Speed Academy have an easier path. They definitely do. Um, it's also... Bees have the tiebreaker over Speed Academy, but do not play Mangoose for uh, during the regular season. So, are you comfortable enough to say that Killer Bees will be your sixth no. seed? No, I, I'm not. I think I think Speed Academy might. Speed Academy have Mangoose, who's right ahead of them in the in the ratings. They're they're equally. Uh, the skill level is about equal, yeah. right? And then they they face Pastor Prime, which now in the past I've always said Pastor Prime will struggle with fast teams. That hasn't always been the case. It's finally caught up to them. The thing yeah. I had been saying about them for five, for five, for four or five years finally uh, proved to be the case. That they're, they're struggling uh, to to keep teams off the you board. Finally proved yourself right. Yeah. Listen, man, if you just stick with it, take long enough, you'll eventually you stuck right. to your morals on this yeah. process. Uh, but no, but I think Speed Academy will make the jump. Absolutely. I I I know Dan Lazaro, who, who we're gonna have on next week. I hope um, he's really high in Killer Bees. He goes, don't sleep on them, right? And I just think the path is tougher. Like it, that's all it is. It's, and, and, I don't think it's a, a, a talent issue. No, just, but the, the, they're one of the lower rated teams, right? They're they're not as good as the top, the top teams, and at the same time, they they have they have a, a tougher path ahead. That's all it is. Like it's not, you know, we're not hating on them or anything. No. Just blessed is really good, and silent ticklers uh, are in, better than the record, fight, right? And, and speaking of that, right, the, the number is six and two teams, and that side of the division in Conference B, and we have a boatload here. If you can get the schedule up here for those, stop playing. Uh, playing, playing, uh, playing Pokemon Kermit the Frog over there. Um, 
So, look, you got Expendables, JYD, EZW, Silent Ticklers, Thor's Hammer, all at 6-2. and two. The Bees are one game behind. So, in theory, they could join this party by this week, if anything. But, again, I think, I think like, do you think they have a chance against Blessed? No. And then... Uh, well, I mean, so the other side of this is there's the North and South Conference breakdowns, too, right, for the top two seeds. So, that is also going to play into the weird mix uh, to try and figure out who's going to take those top seeds. Right, and, and the question that I have for you, Pease, is that when we look at the playoff standings right now and where we're at with the number of six and two teams, at, well, from what you see right now, how many teams do you see at eight wins, seven wins, or sticking at six and qualifying as a six and four team? There's a lot of math in that question. There is a lot of So math. ask me one math question at a time. So how many eight-win teams are there? Uh, so you're gonna say this team or blessed for sure? <laughs> well, no, not, not blessed. I'm talking about Conference B though, because uh, you got B? look how many teams are six and two. Right look, now. there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of uh, cannibalism, but I think we'll end up with two. Yeah. So for example, Expendables are playing Thor's Hammer, so that's gonna be uh, potentially a split there or as a tie. one of the games, or, or it could be a tie. Could be tie. Uh, Killa Bees are playing Silent Ticklers, so that could be a weird thing that works itself out too for the breakdown. And let me just check Junkyard Dogs. They are playing Expendables, so that could also be yeah. a breakdown. And EZW are playing... No, they don't care. So they, they, I think EZW is probably the only one that's actually more clear on a path to get eight wins because they have... Well, but I think I think uh, just from the games you talked about, I think Silent Ticklers are underway to getting to eight, eight wins. I think EZW... They have Lightweight and Bearskins, so that's... Like how, like how vital is that buy for the for the top two seed on that side of the conference? Because that is a war of death. Uh, three versus six. Four well, and versus conference five. B's rough. Conference B is one of the easy. most competitive divisions in FPF across the board. Yeah, yeah, in all of FPF. That's right. Yeah. And I just, I, I, I see maybe one team being eight wins. Um, see, junkyard dogs. <coughs> no, I, I still have two. faith in them. I, I, I still have faith in JYD. So the thing is, JYD. It's whether or not they get by Expendables, right? And Expendables haven't been the same since the Carmen Police injury. No, but they're still they're still winning though. though. But they're playing with Carmen Police uh, with uh, yeah. Gino DeFazio as a quarterback now. But I think like that, like for him to get by Junkyard Dogs is a bit of a challenge, right? I don't think it's wild to say that. Yeah. And I think they might will struggle against them. Although they might they play every game so tough. They do. They're annoying. They do. <laughs> and like I said, that with great respect because I've had about. Ten games in my in my history against the Melod, it's tough. Right. It's always a tough game. Uh, more disappointed in Sheesh or touch touch it or catch it for not being a major threat on their side of the division. Well, I mean, like you still don't want to face Sheesh in playoffs, right? Um, touch it, catch it just started off kind of weak, and they're kind of coming on now, right? So I'm not really disappointed by either. I think both advanced past the first round. I, I I'm I'm a bit like there's, there's a huge delineation between the top four teams in Conference A and the bottom. Yeah, well, I mean, look, it's it's not the uh, like it's not like Conference B where there's monsters yeah. galore everywhere, right? But I think the best team in the division is in Conference A. Blessed, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've thought that from day one, basically. Yeah, but I wonder though, Pease, like, I mean, look, they're gonna have a tough, they're gonna have some tough games or game at least, if not games. Bearskins, Killabees, Bearskins. Well, I mean, the playoffs, right? Whoever they face, whoever <laughs> they wait face, a second. right? Whoever they yeah. face, but. But you wonder, right? Like you know, if they but I think the the two teams that can legitimately challenge them are actually Sheesh and Touchy Catch it, right? And they, and they can face one of those two teams uh, in the second round of the playoffs with the bye, right? So, I, like, I wonder who is a better matchup for for Bless. Uh, Sheesh knows them very well, and speaking to Andrew Langbert a while ago when they lost them at, at St. Leo, 
he goes, they know us, like we know them, but they know us very well and what we do well. And and they're slightly better, right? So like, yeah. it's like language doesn't have sort of the, the element of surprise. And at the same time, th- there's just, they're missing that one dude to really get them to compete at the same level as Blast, right? Well, but that's it. Like, they don't have that. They don't I have that guy. Kind of type of dude, yeah. You know, and um, and Ariella Brady is, is banged up right now, so who knows how healthy and he'll and be. and she came into the season without Dondre Porter. Yeah, right. That's that's their guy. That's their. It's a, it's a talisman for them. You know, and 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 so um, that that changes things, and like, um, yeah, because imagine imagine adding to Vincent Benjamin and Mathieu Lapage, you also have the low rated. Star player in Dondre yeah. Borden, right? Like, whereas, like, you know, uh, Blast I added James Langshaw. Are to you cracking right now? Is your voice cracking? Um, right now? I've been talking so much last few days, man. Like, it's, it's cracking, huh? Yeah, it's been a long season, Mo. <laughs> Puberty, my friend. I, I wish, I wish I could, I'd get my first start off. Well, don't don't um, pull legs over here and talk three hours straight over here. Yeah, right? I know. Uh, but, <laughs> but that's the thing is like that's that's the thing that Blast did was sort of add some lower division, high, like high talent. Yeah. Where sheesh, that's the thing they've always done really well, but they're missing that one piece. Yeah, look, Bless has the MFL pipeline too, right? They can bring in some guys who are not automatically ranked high enough, which can work to their benefit. So, well, yeah. and we, that's Will Power, James Langshaw, Jafar Hassan. Exactly. That's the entire team. Exactly. <laughs> um, Dave uh, Gutkowski, who's very underrated in FBI. Yeah. On to Diff 4 A and B. And looking at LBB. And the playoff hopes. It's definitely on life support right now, Pease. Um, they got cent- Centaurs and Sparrows Cougars coming up in the final two games. So one game at a time now. They're one in seven, I believe, um, if I stand correct on that. What You're correct. What has to go right for them to beat cent- Centaurs coming up this weekend? You want the easy solution? Well, put Mint on tight on defense because he doesn't play defense with them. And rush Jordan Rossi? It doesn't matter. Put him on defense. He's he's the best defender on your team. Like, like no, he's uh, he's athletically gifted, one hundred percent. He's the best defender on this team. But well, why is he not playing defense? Though? He doesn't. He just doesn't play defense when he plays quarterback. That's kind of his thing. I don't know if it's like a team structure thing where they just have too many players. I don't know if it's the stress thing of of uh, you know like uh, well you know uh, when I'm play- when I'm quarterback, I don't want to be thinking about that. Um, they have when Phil Angers is there, that's kind of mitigated. Yeah. But he hasn't played a lot. Um so that's two tough games though, man. It's not easy, man. I I, I just like you I, know, like Spurs Cougars are, are they've played a lot better than I thought they would. Santino Sparango's playing very well, and that's the next question I was gonna ask you about Sparango. He's, a baller. Like, he's a baller. killing with Reeds and he's doing it big time now with I think like eight like twelve touchdowns, I believe, now with Cougars as you speak, so like he's came in there, taking over Minio Adeluka, went down early in the year with an awful knee injury, and Sparanga has really elevated this team's profile and offense for what he does with his arm and legs. Yeah, so if we look at what happened with the because because Minio Adeluka uh, was sort of like their their first their, their you know the, the main hope on the team because you know he's really good. We've known him for a long time, right. and then when he went down, we're like, okay, well, do they turn to Alessandro Barazzoni? But like you know, he hasn't played a, a single game despite being on the roster. Uh, do they turn to Dylan Lau? You know, he ha- he wasn't as successful, uh, you know. And, and again, a guy who's on the roster, not playing a ton of games. So they have a lot of guys in and out of the roster. Vince Pisano was a guy I thought they might bring in a quarterback, but I'm like, man, he's not ready to Vince play. is not no, ready no, for DeFore no, yet, I don't think. No, it's, so it's so who's the guy? And then 
Santino Spiranya, like, well, he's a big question mark because he does he hasn't played FPL for a long time. So, but then he comes in and and his ability to run and to throw and and um to to create throwing lanes with his legs and like because that's the thing is it's not just that he's a running quarterback he's completing sixty percent of his passes. So you're buying into into the spread. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He's he, I've seen him play. I've played against him. He's really good. So, I think the part that's really yeah. interesting about this roster is that there's like 20 names here, but they actually do have a playoff-eligible roster, which is good. Yeah. I think that's the part that's also it's surprising. Because normally you'll see like someone will squeeze into playoffs, but like the actual team that is eligible is like a mismatch of players. This is actually oh, going to be a good yeah, roster. The, the, the two Spiranias, Nick Rapini, uh, Anthony Sija, Vince Pisano, that, that's a good team. It's a good team, and, and if they get a good matchup, a favorable matchup in the playoffs, and they can move up, right? Because they're 3-5 and five right now. They can finish 5-5, five and five, the best mark they can do. They are still in play for maybe being a three-seed uh, in the playoffs, at minimum, if they do win out with help along the way here, take over and Mon- Mongoose losing their games outright. So they, they could definitely turn the tables and really control the narrative for where they finish in the playoff uh, rankings. Yeah, so, I agree. We'll find out how this plays out for them. Um, so, look, when we look at the final playoff spot with backyard bullies who are occupying them right now. I did want to say yes. uh, a couple of weeks ago, you said backyard bullies would be Hurley and Sons. You fool! I know. That's it. That's all I, I had know. to say about that. <laughs> I know. I very rarely remember. I was like, you, you, you like got caught up in your own take early in the show and then stayed with it I until it picks. It, yes. and, and I was like, I very rarely remember when we do that, but that was the one. Of that course. Was the one you always remember ahead. that one small take from Ocon. Backyard right. bullies. Freezing cold takes. Here we come. That's the one. That's, that the, that's the, the one, one I remembered. Uh, so the final playoff spot, backyard bullies, uh, big fun and Hurleys and Sons are still in play for that. And they have small giants and big fun on their schedule. Yeah, and, and bullies uh, played big fun on the final weekend of the season, by the way. So could it come down to that final game of the year, PZ, for Bullies and Big Fun to punch their playoff ticket for the playoffs? Might have to. Small Giants have been really good uh, for most of the season. Um, they've fallen off a little bit. But they had a bad loss, though, the Stoics, right? I mean, Small Giants a couple weeks ago. Stoics. Stoics, Stoics. are annoying, though. Like, is they, yeah, Tell me about it. I know. They, they, they're going to stay in every game, and then if you slip up, they'll find a way to win. Right, that's just kind of their mo. That's what they're, they're like, like the Wisconsin Badgers of college, like basketball. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they are. Oh, yeah, they'll bore you to death, but yeah. they'll they'll be successful. Big Fun do have Brotherhood next week, so is that a scheduled loss for them, or is that a potentially competitive game with uh, Zachary Albert skill playing? So we brought up this discussion about Quasi Gordon Mall. Uh, Iggy said he wasn't buying into the hype. No, that was me. Oh, I'm you, not buying into right, the that's hype. Right. I am totally you. not on the uh, the so, crazy train. So that's right now. The, that brings us to the question with crazy Big train. Fun, right? The, the crazy the, train. <laughs> Another reference Mokan will never get. Of course not. <laughs> so with crazy Big Fun, hmm? could this be a win for them then? Because you're not buying into the crazy train uh, hype. I, I think if you find a way to make Quasi throw the ball, Brotherhood are not good. That's and that's my hot take, and I will die on that mountain. Yeah, he's gonna kick your ass at the staff uh, dinner. I don't care. Dinner. There's not a nicer person on earth. So, so just to be clear, just to be clear, let's get the brotherhood yeah. tab open here. Um, you're saying the guy who's thrown 28 touchdowns and three interceptions make him throw? Yes. Okay. Because he, he completing sixty seven percent of his passes though. Yes. Because he brought up the point of they're, how they're they all they're Kijibura. all checkdowns. They're all checkdowns, or That's they're just okay. launched after skirting left and right. So, okay, I think you're you're you're. Uh, I've I've played against Quasi recently in co-ed. A, 
getting a getting a rusher to contain Kwesi Gordon Wall is very difficult. It is an exact science. The next thing is it's not what you're thinking that he always tries to beat the rusher and then make the throw. He does do that from time to time, but sometimes it's a designed rollout to create a throwing window, which is the evolution in his game, which has looked really impressive to me. And if you have if you have the discipline to throw the checkdowns and continuously move the ball, that's a positive in FPF. That's not a negative. Is, is Big Fun the team that's going to be able to figure no, this out? No, no. And, no. and look, Brotherhood has athletes. So, because you're saying that the rushing of uh, Zachary Albers Gill? Yes. That's the, wrong, that's the wrong rusher for that quarterback. Yeah, he's like a run-stopper rusher. He's, he's a good contain rusher. Yeah, that's what he is. So, like, if you're a quarterback that, that needs to get to his third read, Zachary Albert's skill will, will wreck you. If you're a quick-release quarterback or a legitimate running quarterback... He's relevant then. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, 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 he's he going to negate it. In the air, in and there's the not another player on this on this roster. Maybe... You know what? Uh, no, there's not, another, there's not another player on this roster who can rush him. This is not a fast team. And, and look, Brotherhood has a lot to play for right now because the number one seed has not been officially clinched yet with Stoics right behind them. Stoics? So... They they could drop. Stokes, by the way, uh, leading their division with a negative three plus minus. What a phenomenal. It's beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful. beautiful. They're so annoying. It's the best. And they're going to win. And then and yeah. they actually they play in the last week. Eh? They're, yeah. Stoics so, Brotherhood. they're yeah. so ugly. It's so good. I, even when I, I, called their, I called their, their championship game. And it's just that when, when they're humming, you, you can't stop them. And they're going to stick around, stick around. And you're going to make a mistake before them. All right. Uh, 4B. Looking at it now, mofos like the. I think the league got the perfect final two weekends involving the, the playoff spots right now. So you got mofos who play locos coming up. Team Ethic plays bandits in these next two weeks here. So, please, when you look at it right now with that side of the division where mofos are four, bandits are five, ethic is six, locos are seventh, but they only have one game left. Uh, I mean, all of them have besides mofos one game left here. Who's the odd team out? When it's all said and done, when the dust is cleared, I think mofos are like, despite the records, mofos are much better than less locals. They're they're uh, more communicative on defense. Their athleticism is about on par with Los Locos, but they're they're a better team as far as I'm concerned. They it just the organization. They're very similar, but w- w- they're much more organized than than. Um, Los Locos. Los Locos at times reminds me of a lower division team uh, with great athletes. I worry about Team Ethnic because... Team Ethnic's defense is rough, dude. So I'm going to tell why? you why. The last four weekends, I've scored kept their games at Hebert and Loyola. Uh, I mean, sorry, the last four of the last five weekends, I've scored kept their games. They've had leads. Okay, there was a the game... They had a lead against us. Yes. And That's they another lost. one. Right, That's they lost that game. game. We brought that up last week. So they played Eastside Boys yesterday. They had they had a three score lead on Eastside Boys, and guess what happened? Eastside Boys created a turnover with two plays left, and almost won the game at, at, at the death of the matchup. And that worries me. They can't close out games in the second half. I don't know why. It's the defense. The, 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 there's too there's too much um, at this in this division. The teams that struggle most on defense are just not disciplined. And they're one of those teams. They, they're not disciplined. They, they, the way they play their zones almost works out to be full field lanes. 
where like yeah, you cover this, but night. it's it. Everyone's occupying a sixth of the field vertically. It's it's so weird. It's so weird, and it's it's not they're not doing that on purpose. They're doing it because guys drift in their zone or they get too aggressive. Yeah. Like the no one's playing their defense properly on the team. No, and and like like look, uh, there's a lot of teams in in the lower part of this division that struggle with that. Y- you see, Hot Dog Sports, Sphinx, uh, Los Locos. Are all examples of that kind of team. Did you see that video uh, of that guy running with the Bulls? He got wrecked by the Bull, right? That's who Team Ethnic is. Like, they have a friend who did that. Oh, you know, the Bulls. I would never want to do that. Yeah, he, but he like he just like took like eight steps and then drifted off into an alley and went to a bar, and that yeah. was that was him running with the Bulls. It was just so his wife can get a picture, and it, then he took off. It's it's like these guys tempt themselves with running the Bulls. Like, oh yeah, don't worry, we have a lead, we can do it, and then they get rammed by that Bull right head on and. That's almost four games in a row that they lost at the final play. It's crazy how they've collapsed. They've been the architects of their own downfall this year. Mm-hmm. They could be a lot higher than where they are. They, yeah. they could easily be a 7-2 and yeah. two team than where they are right now. But would it, you run with the Bulls? No, never. It's a scary proposition. I don't man. run. I'm a Chicago Bulls fan, but I would never run with the Bulls, though. Would you run with the Chicago Bulls? I would run with the Chicago I Bulls. I don't think so. You I don't have the... Uh, you don't have the athleticism, you don't have the uh, cardiovascular uh, health. What kind of do I have? You, you don't have, have the hand to run strength. with NBA players. <laughs> no. NBA. Listen. Do you know how much those guys run in a game? Yeah, I know. I see. Except with, for James Harden. Uh, yeah, James doesn't run, no. no. He stands in one position. Who should trade for James Harden? Again? Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> Everyone. I'm surprised that... It, you don't get that joke unless you've watched our latest episode of... You've been listening to Hot, hot Sauce, Sauce Sports. Sports. Well, also, yeah, the show's called Hot Sauce Sports. We made many jokes at James Harden. Uh, Eastside boys, in, in this conversation, are yeah. they done? Uh, well, last they need a lot of help. Last night's, last night's loss hurt a lot. We'll talk about that loss in a second. But So the only thing that's in Eastside boys' favor is their very low points against. That's the only thing that's going for them in that if they do manage to get a win next week against uh, the U, against the U, which is not they do easy. go into the eight Pack points it up. It's done pool, which means if bandits team ethnic can potentially three way tie Los Locos with a tie, whatever it is, they would potentially get in on the lowest PA if we get to that point. Maybe it's done. Wrap the it up. It's not looking good, though. The U-Haul. Let's pull Look, up the U-Haul. For this I, I love. I love these side boys. I'm an East Ender. Eagles an East Ender. It's Montreal's better side. Everybody I'm an adopted, knows that. I'm, I'm an adopted East Ender at times. There we go. Hey, you knew where Elio's was. Yeah, that's right. So exactly. that makes you that makes you an honorary East Ender. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, um, I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. It's tough because you know what they've put up. They've put up a good fight in a lot of in in uh, a lot of these games because of their defense. Um, and like you know, they've had these outbursts too, where they put up forty on Los Locos, for example, right? right? So uh, they've had some tough fought games, but I, I don't see I don't see it happening. Okay, when you look at uh, Conference B right now, Arouche, Golden Eagles, Finesters are holding on to playoff spots. Ballers, Voodoo, and Hot Sauce Sports so, still have a chance to can, get in. Can we call out Golden Eagles for uh, bringing in a ringer? Look, I, I scored at that game the first time he played. Felix Goulet uh, playing for them. And I know Iggy wrote in the comments, Felix Goulet. It's the, the guy's coach, Vimoriat. They have an infinite flux of talent, right? Like, that's the thing. But there's no, there's no, there's nothing against the rules, right? No, of course. But you know what you're doing. Come on, Kev Lubin. But uh, that's You're fine, supposed though. to be one of the best quarterbacks in this division. Well, he, Step had Sarah, up. he had Sarah Parker as his quarterback, right? No, but he was also, he started the season as a quarterback. Yeah. 
But it's nothing wrong. There's nothing against the rules. Oh, yes. It's smart play, right? I mean, will he be eligible, Felix Goulet? How many games is, does he have played so far? I think he's played three. Yes, he needs to play two more, right? So He needs uh, to finish the season with them. And it's looking like he will finish the season, right, with, uh, with five games, I would hope. Yeah, uh, it does look like it. So right now, when you look at those teams... They're a different team with him at quarterback because oh, it also allows them to use Kevin Lubin as a receiver. Yeah, and you can see they, they, they are able to spread the ball further deep down the field. So when we look at it right now with the Rouge, Golden Eagles, and Finesters, they're holding playoff spots. Is there a team that you think is vulnerable that can drop down for hot sauce sports to jump back? Into the I'm hoping so. <laughs> There's so no, so much uh, volatility yeah. that could happen so, here, right? So From three all the way down to nine. Um, well, Honey Martin, I think, is in strong position, though. Not necessarily. I mean, they're, yes, but not necessarily. Theory, they lose two games, and suddenly you're on right, the outside looking right, in. Maybe. In theory, I'm surprised they are in strong by position. Voodoo, by the way. I'm surprised Voodoo just fell off the way they did. They started off so this, strong. This the it's that TikTok thing, right? One year they have a good year, one year it's awful. But yeah, they but started off. They, they started off strong. Like they they started off the season two and one, and they played a close game against Beer Belly Brigade, who's really good, by the yeah. way. Um, but they they face Ballers and Golden Eagles, which it's tough. It, it does help Ballers. It gives Ballers a chance because it'll, it'll put them. If Ballers, one of those teams becomes a three win team. Yeah. Right? So that automatically creates an opportunity. Uh, Hot Sauce Sports has Sphinx and uh, Finessers. That should be a fin- win that ga- Sphinx. That game against Finesse, well, but it's outdoors with Pisa quarterback. So oh boy, we'll see. Yeah. Um, outdoors one degree in the, in the snow. Thanks. Thanks, FPF. Um, I'll be in the complex. Uh, toasty warm, actually. I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure. Control climate. Um, didn't you say it was cold in there? No, Lachine is. Oh, okay. Layla um, So... The the other thing for that, so like, you know, e, e, one of those teams, so so I, there's a chance where Finessers and Hot Sauce Sports are competing for that last spot, which unless Ballers or Voodoo win both games, in which case that's pretty much done. But you know what? Uh, could the ties, the two ties for Finessers hurt them in the conclusion? Absolutely. Though? Absolutely. Because if they lose, Finessers have Hot Sauce Sports and who else? Who's, who's, the, who's the game they have uh, this week? Beer Belly Brigade. Yeah. They lose so the Beer they'll, Belly. they'll probably lose Beer Belly Brigade because... I'm telling you, they're really good. They're 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 the class of the class in 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 Division Four, and uh, they they would have probably Beer Belly Brigade would have competed in Four A. They're really good. Um, then Finessers then have to play Hot Sauce Sports for a playoff berth, basically. Right. That that might be because because at that point the two teams would be tied, but then they'd have less wins if they lose. Right. So like, yeah, there's all all of that comes into play. Those ties, man. It's weird to talk about my own team without like being the third person. So those ties, man. You, oh, they are the bane of some teams' existence. Uh, when but also, if they lost both games, they'd probably be out of it. So who knows? Yeah, and you also, don't know. Also, not really though. It, they'd be in the same spot, actually. Yeah. So you, though, if you take those two games and you make them losses, they're in the same spot. Yeah. And if you take those two wins, if you take those two games and make them wins, they're also in the same spot. So no, they're not the bane of the existence. They're in the same spot. Because Sorry. right now, there's almost no difference between four, four and two wins uh, for Conference B. Because of all the interplay remaining. Look, the league got what it, what it wanted. Is There is jeopardy going into the final two weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. Because in, in So given, given that I'm involved, how do you see the, the bottom spot shaken out for... Voodoo's done. Really? Well, yeah. Voodoo have the toughest path. They, they, they are done. I, I scored kept the game a couple weeks ago. They were done. I, I can't see They look so good to start the season. That's so what they good. always do. They, they, they fly high. No one talks about them because they underestimate you know, their whole team. And then they come back, come back to reality. But I, I don't – see, 
I think Golden Eagles will be okay. I think Arush should be okay, but they've had some some glitches along the way because they played Golden Eagles uh, two weeks ago, and they didn't look good. They, they they just looked outdated in terms of their start to the game. They had two possessions inside the five, which they couldn't score touchdowns. That game also had Golden Eagles with Dawson Pierre on the team. With oh yeah, play. oh man, Dawson Pierre. So that's like a video. That's like it a took a code. great quarterback with uh, unstoppable that's force. Like a cheat code over there. I I think hot sauce sports again with the weather. If it's nice, if it's hopefully above five degrees Sunday it, night, it's the best path we could have asked for. It's the best scenario. Yeah, I think so. I think the the way that the chips have fallen, that this can play into your hands, that you guys control your narrative of making the playoffs. And finally, no COVID running through the team. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. Because we have game. a lot of lost man games. No, it's not, it's not fun at all. No. Uh, on to 5A and B as we make our way through. And uh, so, again, the league gets gets what it wants because we talk about divisions this year, Pease, and that there's still seats to be had. Teams are still relevant right now, unlike in years past. So we look at it right now. Um, I got the wrong. Tab. It's also because we haven't played a full set of games, so there's so many scenarios that are still up exactly. in the air in a lot of cases. Like Kings of the North, for example, have three games left, right? But here's the scenario right now: from Pinchellos, Longhorns, and Kings of the North, who has a chance to make the late push? Is it going to be Kings of the North with three games left that they can maybe sneak in as a last seed? So first of all, Pinchellos turning the season around. By the way, credit to them because they looked. We wrote them off. Done. Like they look done, 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 and they still have a, a playoff scenario, right? Uh, they beat Goofy Goobers. That's a, that's a good win. Um, they second half of the season's well, it was sort of the middle of the season, and then and then the win this past week that that's been, that's helped them. The problem is they play they play Los Bandidos, which I think are a terrible matchup for them, and it's they only have one game remaining. Right. So I think that's tough for them. Um, Longhorns. I've made a change of quarterback, and that's made a difference, right? Like that's that's changed the team's fortune all at once. Um, but who? I, I mean, do you still buy into the Longhorns maybe making that run for the, for the last spot? Because Step Bros is reeling right now; they're not playing well. Step Bros they they got wrecked by the Reet, and they are vulnerable. Well, I think, I think in five A, there's there's some division between the high end teams and and the lower ranked teams, and um, like I think the Reet would basically be beating up on on a lot of these teams. Uh, Longhorns just took a bad loss, but before that, um, they they want they had won three of the last four. Oh, sorry, four four of their last sorry three of their last five. Right, um, and the one of the lot. One of the losses was by a touchdown, so like they they were competitive, but Wubble of a W is a horrendous matchup for for Longhorns, and now they play Step Bros. I think Step Bros. like that's a game for the final spot, basically, as far as I'm concerned, um, because I, again, I don't I don't see Pinchello's winning, and even at that, uh, one of those two teams wins. I think actually, if, correct me if I'm wrong, Eagle Pinchello's are mathematically eliminated unless, I guess if Step well, they could if Step Bros. and Longhorns tie, Pinchello's can win and the, they're in. Pretty much. That's the yeah, only that's scenario. Like the only Kings of the North chance. are done. Kings of the North are done. Kings of the North, no, because no, they, they have can, three games oh, left. Yeah, three games. That's, that's why. They can win out and have five wins and be in the playoffs. Well, that worked out in their, <laughs> their benefit. Yeah, so they can they control everything. They control the shipment of how the wins are going to come through for them. And that's why. Do they have that chance to get in? I... I, I want to say yes, but... 79 points scored through seven games. Yeah, that's not... not the scoring, not even... The, the scoring, you know... Uh, 
all, basically 10 points a game. Um, this isn't enough. They face Goofy Goovers, which... Not going to happen for them. Uh, I mean, it'll be close because Goofy Goovers don't th- won't put up a ton of points. Vultures 2.0 is a loss. Mighty 6. M6 is uh, going to fight themselves as well. But Mighty... Like, to give you an example, Mighty 6 have one more win than Kings of the North. But they're... Uh, They've scored 210 points. Like yeah. it's not massive because they've played eight games. Like they're they're still scoring. Uh, they're scoring under under three scores a game, but it's not it's not what Kings of the North have experienced. Like 79 points through seven games is gross. It's it's not. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. Speaking of uh, well, speaking of the opposite of not good, Reet. The opposite of not good. Yeah, their dominance of five A. Like I, I had a first row seat of their play against uh, Step Bros on Wednesday. You know why, eh? Because they have Alex Dakwell on their team. That's true. They do. And you know what? When, when I saw him, I go, man, he's like a bigger version of Eagle. So he, he looks more like like uh, like uh, Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. Right? Yeah. He doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but they are a machine. Yeah. This is like this a lot. Of, a lot of these ratings are going up. I imagine for next season, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> like I mean, this is this is like a one and done for them in this division, but because yeah. uh, the Spiranias we talked about, even in higher divisions, Dawson um, Pierre's rating is going to skyrocket. Alex Dacula is going to you know yeah. jump up there. Like, which Alex Dacula would you rather have? Our very own Eagle or the? More I'm loyal, Mo. I'm loyal to a fault. So uh, this is why my team's always struggles. <laughs> I'm going to go with the. I'm going go with Eagle, but you know, maybe the other guy's the real Eagle. Who knows? But um, they're they're impressive though, and I, I just don't know who on that side of Commerce B can compete with them. And Santino Spirania, thirteen sacks, like thirteen sacks into five is a lot of sacks. So it, you're gonna find this hilarious, by the way. Yeah. So we actually looked at us. I actually have a point two higher rating than other See, Alex Aquila. Yeah. Well, right he has a point eight higher defensive rating than me. Okay. So we're basically the same. Person. Who's a better play caller, you or him? Oh, me. He like he doesn't need to be like, a good if the Reed took this eagle of ours and replaced them with their eagle. I don't think it makes a difference <laughs> because the team otherwise is so good. It doesn't make a difference. Like it, it's an embarrassment. I think riches. I think the PDs is what would be different here because he's taller. That's about it. Isn't everyone? Yes. So yeah, boy, eagle's taller than Iggy, right? Am no, I? No, I don't think so. You're right? Yeah, he is. I mean, in heels. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I do like my heels. <laughs> you do definitely do. You like your North Carolina tar heels. Well, what would you wear tar in your heels for? That just sounds if like you, a if problem. If you uh, don't want to move quickly. Yeah. Then I wouldn't play defense. Yeah. Or offense. Or anything. An hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what could that mean? And it could mean anything. Backwoods uh, Football Club, Vulture 2.0, M6, Streets Ahead, BWW. Um, looking at the playoff standings for those sides of teams here, P's, um, a lot to be played for right now because uh, Streets Ahead could jump into the playoff window. Um, Buffalo Wild Wings still hanging by thread. So is there a panic for any of these teams, whether it is Backwoods Football Club, Vulture 2.0, or the M6, the Mighty 6 that might fall behind? Maybe Mighty 6. Um so but let's let's talk about BWW. They have balls deep. But so like, look, it ends here because streets yeah. ahead have ghosts in the reeds. It's over, right? Like, yeah, it's over. It's over. I Question think mark? it's. I think it's over. Yeah, it's over. Rock. There you go. Well, what about conversation Buffalo? concluded? Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, yeah. So they have Backwoods Football Club. 
and balls deep on their schedule. They need to win it's both over. those games it to even over. have a chance. It is balls over. deep, by the way. And they they mentioned this on the the Instagram. Um, I noticed this, but wasn't on the show last week. They they've come around. They they had a really tough uh, last season. Last time we saw them, right? And now they're they're you know six and two, one of the leaders in the in the clubhouse. Um, they've turned around. They turned around. Um, that said, I will say balls deep. At times, played out to the competition and don't score enough to put teams away early. Well, here's the thing, though, Pete. Right? They they are holding on to that one spot, but could you see them losing one more game? Yeah. Well, the the, the game against Ghosts will be very difficult for them. That's why. Yeah. And Buffalo Wild Wings, like, if they're not careful, they might lose it. I don't think it's gonna happen. But like, you know, if you only put up 24 points, you might lose that game, right? Right. Like we saw this week, they, they beat Mighty Six, who have struggled. They beat them 26-25. They lost the Kings of the North, who we talked about as struggling. They lost by a point. You know, uh, Ravens, they beat by a point. Like, all their games, it's such high volatility. They can easily be a, a 2-16. and 16. Yeah, and, and the thing is with, with balls deep, though, you know, with, with what they have now, because, you know, we talk about uh, Buffalo Wild Wings still in play here. But balls deep, mm-hmm. they now have Ghost final week in the season. They can flip-flop with them, but then if they were to f- – trip up here, they can lose the top two spot and, and, and the Ravens f- can jump into that number two spot at least. To fair, Ghosts are also not scoring a ton either. No. Like they, they've, they've relied on their defense way more than I thought they would. Um, and it, it, ha- it affected them this re- this past week. Like, There's no way in my mind that a team uh, quarterback with Jamal Roach with the with the ceiling he has um, there's no way I would have thought that if Ravens only put up 26 that they lose that game. Have not scored more than 30 since week three. And uh, it's I think reality's kind of set in for him as a young quarterback at this level that it's going to take another season or which two, is, which is fine. It just yeah, but the ghost defense is really good. They are ghosting their way through, like Casper's mm. out there. They're not calling you back. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. I uh, <laughs> I love how you went with Casper as your reference. The of oldest course. possible ghost, of course. Yeah. Well, we will go with Ghostbusters. I mean, that would have been good too. Or, I think that's, or, I think that's more seen, recent, by the way, than Casper. <laughs> but have you seen the Qatar 2022? Yes, logo? the mascot. So yeah, the, mascot. the oh. ghost of all the workers that died uh, building that's the what stadiums. Yeah, like <laughs> that's what that's what the it's Casper the ghost. That's what it is. That's what it's for. It represents the people they killed to make those stadiums. Yeah, of course, man. Unreal Qatar, man. Anyway, come on, FIFA. Money pay, money buys you things. Hey, you know what? If we put together a bid, we can host the World Cup here. We in did. This, in this, we lost yeah. the bid. We got Leola. We, just, we, got we Bra- literally, we literally just lost the bid. We, we got, we got Brassard. It happened last week. Yeah, we got Brassard, Leola, Laval. We got like five, six spots here. We could do it all in Montreal, man. Mm, we can. You know? I'll, I'll, Omar be the referee. Leola I was, Germain, the referee. I was at a, the Olympic Village this weekend because I went, to, I took my nephew to the Biodome. Yeah, and. I realized how much all of those buildings are falling apart, except for Saputo Stadium, which is too small. Saputo Stadium, my God, man. It's, it's supported by beams. It's not even a stadium. It's pretty, though. It's a nice oh, experience. No, it's a fun experience. Saputo's I like it. Inside of it is nice, but the exterior is Oh, the exterior is terrifying. That's what I'm talking about. It's yeah. supported by beams, right? It's just all it is. They need to build a stadium around it. <laughs> they need to do something about that, yes. All right. Um, okay, so we look at not Mustangs right now. Do they have any prayer at all? Because they do play our very own lockdown at 8-1. and one. Do they have any chance to keep their hopes alive? You guys choked away a game, huh? Uh, kind of, yeah. 
Yeah, that's what's going to happen. We, playoffs, we actually, huh? I wasn't there for that game, um, but apparently we went for it at the end of the game for two to try and for the win. And you got to do that. But also, why, yeah, we had a bad first half. But apparently. why did you say you went for one? Because some scorekeeper's an idiot, and I'm sure it was you. It wasn't me because I wasn't there for that game. Remember, I was under uh, uh, quarantine protocol. Under under protest. Exactly. Um, Not Mustangs have struggled. They've scored 12 points combined in the last two games. They lost the game 12-6 to threat level midnight. Um, they're just inexperienced is all that is, right? Uh, Alex Cahan, uh, when he's played quarterback, he's turned the ball over. Um, they they have a good receiving squad, and I like Jason Cassandra a lot. I wrote about him in um, in my Division Six articles because he's played Division Six, but he's he's not been used much. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's only in actually that's it. He's he's a sub on the team. I, I thought he was there more often. Yeah, he just happened to be there when when I saw the team. Um, but other than Max Kadnoff, um, they're just not targeting anybody else in a significant way. And it's too easy to defend. It's too easy to defend. I, I, and you know, to Eagles' credit, he's a he's a good defensive play caller. That's a, that's a. I don't think they have a chance to win that game. Uh, Air Force One, quickly here, peace. Air Force One, they have four games left. They are in the two. Seed. They have like the worst luck. Either they had COVID, their opponents had COVID. Game yeah. got postponed. Weather postponements. Yeah. Like it's just been everything and anything under the moon has happened to this team. Can Poor they guys. jump and be yes. uh, a number one seed? They're the most talented team in, in the division. So you think the more trap stars today? Yeah, they're the most talented team in the division. In terms of actual just straight-up talent, uh, Manuel Adroa is really good. Um, they also have the ghost of Phil Angers playing games. Uh, he's actually played more games in this team than he has. He's playoff eligible for the first time on a roster in a long time. Um, they have the, the Van... Do they have both Van Oort brothers or just the one? They have uh, Chris. Chris Van Oort. Chris Van Oort's excellent. Um... Yeah, it's top to bottom a good team. Simon Blay, we've seen him play in this league. He has an 11 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio. He's completing over 70% of his passes. Um, yeah. So they face Trailer Park Boys, who are going to have a hard time with them. Save a Horse can put up a fight, but I don't see that as a win. They should beat Ben. They should beat what could have been. It's, I see two wins, at least two wins. I see at least two, but I'm not surprised if it's four. And if they get four, um, if things go the way, they will be the one seed on their side. I think they will be. I think they will. I think. I think at best, to, they'll, they'll, at most, they lose a game. What would be the point spread if it was Air Force One against Lockdown in the final? I think it'll be closer than you think, but I, th- I think it would be a kind of game where they'd run away within the second half. They win by two scores. Like I'm really pumped for Eagle. By the way, I, I am pumped for Eagle. Yeah, no. I really hope you get to the finals, guys. We're still like a month away. There's a lot of games left to play. Yeah. Let's not count our chickens. Well, but like you've oh, already really? played. Here's Belichick coming out. We're on to the next game right now. Week 10 over here. This Belichick uh, clone over here. No, look. I mean, we've seen the class of the class. Like, speakeasy. Speakeasy and lockdown, similar to, to good schematically. Um, just solid teams across the board. Right. But Air Force One. Air Force One and, and even Trap Stars have a, have a lot of just athleticism. Uh, but Air Force One, again, sneakily in six games, allowing under 10 points a game. All right, on to co-ed. And uh, I know we spoke about it now, but what are we going to do for co-ed here? Because the season's done now, officially. They're so playoffs, not done. Well, they play 10 games. Oh, I beg your pardon. Sorry, I mixed up with uh, Women's League. My bad. All right, so co-ed now. We're down to eight final two games of the season. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> sure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Try to make up for, for the fumble here. All right, so now we're down to the final uh, weeks of the season, Peas. 
Look at the standings right now mm-hmm. and what can be played for in co-ed. Uh, one, that is. Party mix, Power Rangers are neck-neck at 12 points each year. Easy fun, I think now probably will be your three seed in that position right now. Do we see Party Mix falling to number two and Power Rangers moving up to number one here? Sure. If you want it to be that. So <laughs> here's here's the twist in this conversation. Easy Fun have two and a half kittens and Party Mix left on their schedule. Power Rangers have Average and Savage and two and a half kittens. So two and a half kittens is the common denominator. Then. Yeah. Party Mix have Average and Savage as their last game on top of having Easy Fun. Given so, the fact that these two teams are going to play in the finals, I don't think it matters. So essentially, it's just everyone's finishing third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. I and think seven. so. It's just, look, it's... Uh, it, you know, if one of those teams can pull off an upset, great. But so, who's the more vulnerable right now? Um, teams three through seven. But does uh, Bishop s- Sycamore jump ahead because they have Sriracha Hot Chili Sauce twice left on their schedule with new QB um, to bump them up, right? So potentially Sarah they can Parker go up now. to twelve points and maybe pass Easy Fun if Easy Fun wins one and loses the other. So it sucks that Tommy Rolly Trados had to leave because he was finally getting the hang of playing the position, right? But like he handed the reins off to perhaps the most accomplished quarterback he could. You go, you go from a four by four to a Ferrari and Sarah yeah. Parker, um, and then the the athlete. We know about the athletes on this is probably the, the most. When you say four squad. by four, do you mean like an all wheel drive? You mean like a Jeep? Yeah, like a Jeep. Like, 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 like a, a Range Rube- Rover? No, like a Rubicon. Uh. Okay. So that's who Tommy is, a Rubicon. I think he can get better than that. No. So the thing uh, is, is Grand that... Ch- Grand Cherokee Chief? Like, I don't know. This, this is the, this, is that this is the best... Rubicon? No. This is the best group of athletes <laughs> no. that Sarah Parker's thrown to before, right? Like, all on one team. Well, she's got the, the, the recipe there. She's got all the, the, the materials required to have a, a pretty good, strong finish to the year. So, um, if they win both those games... They would jump up to uh, six to and twelve four. points. They still don't catch either party mix or party rangers. They'll be a three. Yeah, yeah they'd be three them. at that point. They'll be a three. Yeah. So that, which that be... I think will happen. Um, but I don't think it matters because I, to me, the class of the division, like Bishop Sycamore, throws a wrench into it by having Sarah Parker because, as we talked about, a what it does is uh, allows you to use it your, your receiving court differently by having a female allotted at the quarterback position. B, it's not just any quarterback; it, it's a really, really good quarterback. But I just think that party mix and Power Rangers are so deep across the board. You know, I, I look at it now with two games left. How many teams do you think will finish above 500? We, we know that party mix, Rangers, and Easy Fun are in. Like, they'll be above 500. Well, I mean, party mix and Power Rangers already are. Yeah. Uh, easy Fun's in a good position. Easy Fun, likely. Sycamore and Sriracha. Easy Fun. Well, you know what? Easy Fun will be about 500. Yeah. Um, and then Bishop Sycamore will finish both. So let's say four, because Sriracha will. I think they're gonna lose both games. Which I think is a, is a six, six success. Sorry, I'm losing my. Uh, my yeah, it's just like it just you know uh, we need a few more co-ed teams to sort of uh, really build enough depth. 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 Yeah. Uh, but we're getting there. You know what I mean? And, and uh, like, don't forget, Easy Fun is competing at at a, at a really high level, and they were in tier two in the fall. Right. So right. you know they, they they took a huge step up. And they're playing really well. It's just that, again, the party mix and Power Rangers, they've been here for a little while, right? So they've got things figured out. And Kawhi 2, uh, look, Fit Squad is still neck and neck with Kiss My End Zone for the number one spot as we speak. But why, why? They're still hovering around 
I mean, if they were to win out and get some help along the way, they can jump into the top two spot here. Are we giving YY a chance at all, Peace, to get into that top two spot? Given who they have left on their schedule, which if my computer can open up properly, which takes a little bit longer than normal, uh, they got three hunters. They have three hunters and, and Kissman Zone. Kissman Zone. So maybe at, at least one spot if they do win out. Um, I I think they're they're locked in at three at best. I think there's a chance of losing three hundreds, and I think they lose Kiss My End Zone. So Kiss My End Zone has Fit Squad left, and top of having the Y and Y matchup. Now Y and Y has already won the previous game, so even if Kiss My End Zone wins this game, well then they would but take so the two they, spot. But they, if they, they lose won by it, they won by one point, and there it wasn't the the normal Kiss My End Zone roster. Um. Yeah. Well, actually, no. It's they had more people there than I thought. They just a bad game, I guess. It was just we've said it before that once in a while David DeAndre is gonna have uh, an off game, and that was the one. I don't see him having both those games. Fit Squad has been tough for Kiss Manzone, uh this season, so I, I feel like that's a tough one. I think they sp- I think Kiss Manzone split both games, but I think they beat Why Why. And and Why Why there's a chance they lose both. Yeah, like three hundreds I think are locked in as your four. I think maybe because three hundreds yeah. might might win. Um, they can get up as high as three. That's, that's yeah. the target right now. Yeah, yeah. Why but like, why? so I think they can. They they faced Lesek last game of the season. Lesek's improved, but three hundred and they they did tie earlier in the season. But I think three hundred is a, is a slightly better team. And I think you know Yin and Yang. That's not a given for them. That's an easy trap game for them. Yeah. Uh, have they played before? They they played week one. Week one. 300s was not the same team. It took them a, a few weeks to, to sort of find themselves. And I believe Lesek gave 300s their, 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 their run for the money this year. I'm sure they tied. Yeah, they, they tied, tied early in the year. That's right. Yeah, but, but 300s, so like they they took a win in week three against Team Commando. Yeah. And that's, you know, then they, they, beat, they beat Fit Squad, but they're the only team to beat Fit Squad this season. And it was a, it was a mopping. Uh, I, w- I was there to watch that game. But it's weird because Kiss My End Zone matches up really well against 300s. They match up terribly against Fit Squad, and then we have Y and Y that's kind of in between everything. And yeah. they could beat anyone, but right. they're also not the favorite ever to win the game against the, the, any of those teams. Some intriguing battles come up here for for Coed. Also, what's happening with with how many teams make the playoffs in Coed? Because you you and Alexi are currently arguing about it in a private chat. No, that's actually the women's division. Yeah, that we're everyone, 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 makes playoffs. Playoffs. Yeah. everyone makes playoffs. I just my, my computer's like blowing up with nine hundred messages. No, everyone makes playoffs for for Coed. Okay. So that's why that's why like three hundred could very well be locking up with less sect. Um, in fact, they do play them last game of the year, so they might be going back to back weeks uh, of playing each other in the uh, regular season and in the playoffs. As well. Side yeah. note: Memphis has scored twenty-four unanswered points against Minnesota in the fourth quarter. Kidding me? That makes sense. That tracks. Are you kidding me? That tracks. They ended the third quarter. It was eighty-three, sixty-two. It is currently eighty-six, sixty-five. Memphis. Yeah. So the game, like the game's uh, over now. And it's good. Hold but on, that hold team on. How far beyond are you? Good. The game's over now. Oh, that was uh, Duke sending it to me. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I love the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, city uniform. Which is like yeah. they, they the NBA city uniforms in general are beautiful. Yeah, they came out well. They, they take they take uh, like past the Denver one too. One, yeah. You know what we didn't do this year? We didn't talk about which FPF jersey kit we love the best. We usually okay. do that like week three after pictures, but yeah. picture week Lots was weird. Sports, so easy. Yeah, easy. I thought sports comes up with new uniforms every year. Easy. Uh, on to the women's division, and now uh, so, can we announce what we're doing? Uh, y- yeah, I think so. Yeah, peas. Yeah, we held yes. off last Wait, week. Well, so. <laughs> We hit off last yes. week, right? So we didn't do it last um, week. So we have a plan. 
<laughs> I think we have Len, yes. I hope so. We we do, we do. Um, we want to honor the women's division uh, because we've been so impressed by everything we've seen and by, you know, like we said, the whole community aspect. And it's once you once you start paying attention to the women's league, you, you fall in love with it instantly. It's it's a great game. It's super fun to watch. Um, the communal aspect is out of this world. So we're going to have a live broadcast of the games as we do for the roadshow for the men's finals, That's right? That's right, yeah. But it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, because we have a little bit more f- space on the field, we're going to try putting the broadcast booth on field level, Mokan. Um, I'm going to be calling one of the games. I believe you're calling one of the games I as well. I believe I am, yes. Um, we're working on two other guests. We're, I will say one of, the, one of the people in the booth is guaranteed to be someone from the FPF women's community. The other one may or may not be a referee or might be a second player from the community as well. We don't want to announce it because I've spoken to a few people, but we're not sure yet who's going to be um, who's going to be uh, part of the broadcast. Yeah, like who's going to lose out in the playoffs and so on. Yeah, it's not the easiest um, conversation when you lose out right away. Exactly. So, like, we're, we're going to talk to people as they start losing some games. But um, there is one player I spoke to uh, who's likely in because she's not playing this season. Uh, but it's not confirmed. I was hoping to get a confirmation today, which she's, she's going to let me know. Uh, so hopefully I can announce that next week. Uh, also, something important to announce, and we're going to get official confirmation shortly. Um, but it seems like uh, Les Griffons are not going to be able to participate that, yeah. in the upcoming playoffs. Um, the reason being that the playoff games are in the same period as exam period for many of the players. And they're quite a far distance away to commute for uh, the games and go back. Uh, Not easy. So because of that, it seems like their first round game is going to be a unfortunate forfeit. Now, no one gets bumped up in terms of seeds because everyone makes playoffs. That's right. actually the conversation we're having as to like, oh, well, does the Rock then bump up? And we're like, no, everyone gets playoffs anyway. So it doesn't change anything. It just means that the likelihood of the... Yeah, exactly. Like the Flamaros-Griffon game, we know who the de facto winner is going to be. Um, but we'll confirm that in writing to the team captains once it's officially all done and everything. And Yeah. So a little bit unfortunate. Hope Griffon's had a good season. Um, they come back next year, hopefully. I hope so, too. Yeah, yeah be know, awesome. Schedule, uh, so School the, schedules suck. No, but it's also the FPF schedule got derailed by COVID. And it it's colliding with the women's. It's colliding uh, with the college university are, schedule. Yeah, which so always are off season, right? Like this is the time where we yeah. are off from FPF, and then we go into the spring season like early. Well, in like May. literally, the, cha- the the championship game would have been played two weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So like it it's, you know, it sucks. It sucks, and and hopefully they'll be back because I can promise you, provided that we don't have another lockdown, uh, this won't happen again. Oh, We've already gosh. talked about uh, turning it into a uh, ten. Uh, ten game which season, which would be nice. I hope to see a ten game schedule, which would align with the rest of the season for FPF that we can have them on Rochelle weekend, which would be nice. So look, quarterfinal weekend is coming up this Sunday, uh, April twenty fourth. So Blue Poodle will play the Rock, uh, Brutes Griffins. Right now, it looks like it's going to be um, a pass to the next level for Brutes and Flemar Rose against Concordia. So excluding that Brutes game here, please. Blue Poodle, the Rock, Flemar Rose, Concordia. Who's more likely to be upset in this round? Concordia's had a rough, rough season. But now they're a wounded animal that looks like they can maybe turn the table around, though. I just the seeding is not going to help them because uh, Blue Pud, Brut, and Les Bleus have been incredible from the entire season. Blue Pud's defense is stifling. Um, 
Les Bleus are attacking at all times, and Brut are just a well-defined two-way machine. To me, there's there's a, a there's, there's a distinction between the top three teams. Um, Concordia has been putting up points though. Uh, it's just that I don't know if they can. Stop. I don't know if they can stop yeah. teams at the same at the same. They've given up uh, the second most points in the division at two away. Yeah, and and like so, like when they played Brut, for example, they 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 struggled and played Bluput. They struggled. They lost forty to nineteen. Uh, they lost to Brut early in the season. So like, Concordia is the typical middle pack team that beats up on the teams they should they should win like right. they, they don't even make those close games right like they'll, they'll just win those ones hands out and then they struggle against the, the elite teams so in the other side of the bracket here um, put the rock this is the ultimate like David versus Goliath uh, matchup this is a complete mismatch right now does the rock have any Hope that they can pull off the smash and grab and get this victory over the uh, over blue blue. Uh, no, but like so. The thing with the rock is they they adapt really well. Um, and if you notice, for example, like um, they 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 obviously um, struggle from not being the same level as, as some of the the university uh, teams. But um, you know they played Griffin's tight. They they. I, they have these games where they they can keep it close. It just they they, they struggle scoring against the the top tier teams, and and I, I think that'll remain to be the issue. Um, they're learning though, and they're they're learning quickly. Uh, Caroline Menard, just she's she's a gunslinger, right? She's got that Brett Favre mentality where she likes to air it out. Um, not completing enough passes, she's turned the ball over way too much, and and that's the difference. Uh, from Tier 2, Volt Strangers, Red Nation, and VC Cubs. They'll play that Monday night, April 25th here. Winners go on to the finals on May 2nd. So, Pease, the situation right now for this side of the bracket, Volts and Red Nation are in the top two spots here. But do you see any weaknesses with Volts that maybe they might get uh, a sucker punch and get uh, the L given to them and they lose out? You're saying, um, well... Volts are the class of the division. Um, I can't see them losing though. No, I I just don't. I don't see it. Uh, the scoring is elite. The scoring is elite. That's that's the big thing with Volts. Um, and the thing is, like the, their defensive numbers are kind of helped by the fact that when they get up, they get up early, and then you're playing from behind, and there's nothing you can like do. Who do you stop from the receiving core? Because you have three players at six touchdowns. The Loretto, the they them two. It's not just a touchdown. It's thirty nine targets for for Method Living. It's uh, forty targets for Sophia De Loretto. It's forty six targets for Victoria De Loretto. It's twenty three targets for uh, for Witter. It's 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 fifty targets for Maya Lang. Like so, when they line up, it's not like you know. Okay, this is the strong side of the offense, or yeah. or they're building an ISO for this receiver. Right. They literally can go anywhere at any time. Um, so it's it's not just the scoring, it's not just the artist, it, it's it's the way Marilyn Fosensi uh, reads the field. That's that's impressive, uh, and it's the opposite of what we just talked about. Her completion percentage is great. Uh, you know, a nine point six yards per pass is um, low in a sense, but it's because of this methodical style of offense. Um, she's been absolutely impressive, and and when she's not there, by the way, uh, it's the. Next, next woman up, right with uh, yeah. with uh, 
Elodie Fournier, who's also played well. She turned the ball over a little bit more, but again, still completing about 60%. Uh, it, 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 uh, it's a team-friendly system that is incredibly difficult to defend. So Red Nation took out VC Cubs uh, by a score of 42-6 to in the two matchups this year. They're going to play for the third time again. Um, is there anything that we'll say to you that Red Nation could lose to VC Cubs? Any given Sunday? Question mark? <laughs> or whenever Monday? Monday. Uh, yeah. I mean, Red Nation, look, they, they, they won 30-6 last game against the Cubs. And they won 12 nothing the first time around. So points are not being scored by VC Cubs, but can they maybe pull off the, the magical trick here? So I could be wrong. And, and remember that uh, we're learning the division. I believe VC Cubs is the youngest team in the division. Right. Um, and they have good coaching, they have good talent, but um, in the last four games, they have combined for a total of six points. That's not good. No, it's um, that's that's something to look out for. Um, like they're gonna have to rel- like they're gonna have to lean heavily on Emma Townsend as as Lay and, and Amanda Townsend right. as Lay. Um, they're you know they're the two that have been the feature of the offense. Um, and and Emma Townsend as Lay, she she moves the ball. She she uh, gets the second level. She she gets yards after the catch. Um, she's not the the one who scores the points for the team, but she's the one who's con- consistently moving the ball for the offense. Um, they, if they keep it a low scoring game, sure. Uh, we've seen the the two Townsend as Lay combined for nine interceptions on the season. Um, they haven't applied a ton of pressure on the quarterback, which is part of the weakness. Um, Red Nation, I think, will will take care of business in this one, unfortunately for them. All right. Don't forget, May 2nd, the finals. We'll have more details on the coverage that we'll have for Monday night, May 2nd. And we're, we're very excited. We're going to make more announcements each week. So uh, please stay tuned. Stay tuned for the teases. Um, and and we'll, I, I just don't want to break news that's not official yet. So hopefully exactly. we'll get that sooner than later. It's now time for Games of the Week. You really uh, lost the momentum for for that. Uh, let's try it again. It is now time for games of the week. I think it's anybody, the, anybody? you put more emphasis on of. Yeah, games of the week. Yeah, like games of the uh, week. Mm, that's Whereas the one. That's the one. Exactly. We, okay, my mistake. My let's mistake. Let's dive into it here because that is, the, is where the emphasis goes. <laughs> I want to be home in time for halftime of the Nuggets Warriors game. Here we go. All right, we're gonna go with Division One and Two Terror Squad: The Apocalypse. Squad. Squad. Flagwall Sack got skills. FMS. Yeah, like All Stars Gryffindor. I'm gonna go Gryffindor. Gryffindor. Resonance Medic Braves. Braves. Gonna be a good game though. That'll be a good game. All Stars All Hooks. All Stars. All Stars. Party Crashers Incredibles. Party Crashers. Yeah, Crashers. I think rebound. Team Swoosh hashtag NR. Hashtag NR. NR. KGP Outlaws. KGP. KGP. Outlaws B Ballers. Ballers. Mm, ballers. KGP got skills. KGP. KGP. Division 3, Oompa Loompas, Ligro Cook. LGC. LGC. Blessed, Killer Bees. Blessed. Blessed. Bearskin, Silent Ticklers. 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 Lightweight, Easy W. 
Easy W. Easy w. Oompa Loompas, Touch It, Catch It. Touch, touch it, catch it, Catch It. Speed Academy, Mangoose. Bad high division games, huh? Yeah, <laughs> Speed Academy. Uh, what's the, uh, Speed oh, Academy, Mangoose. Oh, uh, Speed Academy. Yeah, Speed Academy. Junkyard Dogs, Expendables. JYD. JYD. Thor's Hammer, Past Our Prime. Thor's Hammer. Sheesh, Les Malud. Sheesh. Blessed, Bearskins. Blessed. Blessed. 4A, Big Fun, The Brotherhood. 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 Blackouts, The Stoics. Blackouts. Stoics. KGP Raw, Hurley and Sons. KGP, KGP Raw. You're not going with Hurley and Sons again? No, go KGP, KGP Raw. Small Giants, Backyard Bullies. Bullies. Giants. Nomads, Mongoose. 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 Takeover, Top Season. Top Season. Takeover. Centaur, Les Bleus Branleurs. Centaur. Centaur. Bruins, Sparrows Cougars. Sparrows Cougars. Small Giants, Nomads. Giants. Giants. 4B, Honey Martin, Golden Eagles. Honey Martin. Golden Eagles because Honey Martin, False Kings. Finessers, Beer Belly Brigade. Beer Belly. Ballers, Voodoo. Ballers. Ballers. Los Locos, Mofos. 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 Sphinx, Hot Sauce Sports. Hot Sauce Sports. Can't pick it, Hot Sauce Sports by 50. Les Montagnards, Les Verschvolles. Montagnards. Montagnards. Bandits, Team Ethnic. Team Bandits. Ethnic. Uh, I'm not buying Ethnic anymore. They're done. Team Ethnic. Arouche, Vultures. 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 Eastside Boys, The U. The U. The U. <laughs> 5A, Kings of the North, Vultures 2.0. Vultures 2.0. Vultures 2.0. The Mighty Six, Dilfs. Mighty Six. Dilfs. Ghosts, Streets Ahead. Ghosts. Ghosts. Uh, Ravens, Backwoods Football Club. Ravens. Ravens. Be a good game, though. Yeah. Step Bros, Longhorns. Horns. Horns. Balls Deep, Buffalo Wild Wings. Balls, Balls deep. deep. Los Bandidos, Pinchelos. Pinchelos. Yeah, Pinchelos. Give me Pinchelos. Wubba Lubba Dub Dubs, Metaverse. Dub Dubs. Dub Dubs. The Reet, Goofy Goobers. Reet. Reet. 5B, Team Sexy, Trailer Park Boys. Big game for Sexy because they need to win this game here, so one Team Sexy. Same. Warriors Replacements. Warriors. Warriors, yeah. Save a Horse, Air Force One. Oof. Air Force One. Yeah, AF1. Lockdown, not Mustangs. Lockdown. Lockdown. Let's Speak Easy, Red Dragons. Speak Easy. Din, Air Force One. Air Force, Air Force one. one. San Francisco 69ers, Cookers. 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 Two Pfizer's and Fots, Half Johnson, Trap Stars. Trap Stars. Two Pfizer's. Save the Turftles, what could have been. This is a big game for them. Yeah. They have one game left. I'm going to take Save the Turftles. No, I'm going with could have been. And Bin, Threat Level Midnight. Bin. Bin. All right, Division 6. Lionhearts, Dusters 2.0. Dusters. Dusters. Killer Rays, Primetime. Killer Rays. Uh, Ray. I know, Primetime, Primetime. The Stormers, Glory Boys. Glory, Glory Boys. Boys. Your girlfriends cheer for us, Cavalier de Rohan. Cavalier de Rohan, because they need the win. Flag football team, Tropic Thunder. Tropic, Tropic Thunder. Thunder. Beer Knights, Free Agent Squad. Beer Knights. Beer Knights. Zidane La Frappe, Brewers. Brewers. Brewers will get that one. West Island Boys, Maccabees. West Island Boys. West Island Boys. Flamingos, Thunder Buddies. Thunder Buddies. Thunder Buddies. The Penetrators, Tugarni. Penetrators. The Spanish Inquisition, Stratton Oakmont. Spanish Inquisition. Yeah, Inquisition. The Off Island Boys, Demons. 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 V Town Wild Hogs. Oh, no, Off Island Boys, sorry. V Town Wild Hogs. V Town. V Town. Flag Football Team, your girlfriends cheer for us. Flag, Flag football, football Team. team. Toon Squad, Team Poland. 
Uh, two squads. Two squads. Henry Psy Gang, Seventh Rounders. Seventh Rounders. Seventh Rounders. Betway Bandits, The Step Bros. Betway. Uh, yeah, Betway. Big Fat Bats, FKU. FKU. Uh, FKU, yeah. All right, we're going to go co-ed. Division one, Bishop Sycamore, Sriracha, hot chili sauce. BS. Yep, BS. Because I already picked it before. So. Two and a half kittens, easy fun. Easy fun. Easy fun. Average and Savage, Power Rangers. Power, Power Rangers. Rangers. Coed two, Fit Squad, Kiss My End Zone. Fit Squad. Yeah, Fit Squad. Team Commando, La Sect. La Sect. Team Commando. Y and Y, Three Hunters. Three Hunters. And now we're going to go some playoff matchups here. So quarterfinals in women's division, Bleu Pou and The Rock. Bleu Pou. Yeah, Bleu Pou. Brut and Griffins. Well, Brut. Yeah. Okay, let's say let's say the game happens. Brut. Brut, yeah. And Flamant Rose, Concordia. Flamant Rose. Concordia with the upset. Then tier two, Volts, Strangers. Volts. Volts. Red Nation, VC Cups. Nation. All right. And last prediction here, the championship finals for 35+. plus. We have the Old Age Outlaws versus the Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Jolly, man. Give me my boy Stephen H. In a championship game, I'm pounding the table for him. Old Age Outlaws, old ass champs. And the last game at Bay Durfe, 10 o'clock, Wednesday, April 27th. Pacemakers, JMJ, Pacemakers. Tier 2. Pacemakers. Pacemakers. Could be Pacemakers against any <laughs> any team in 35-plus in Tier 2. It was going to be Pacemakers. It was any, them all along. Any prediction for NBA Finals here, Mo? No. No, it's an FPF show. Warriors favorite. Yeah, we'll watch Booker that game we'll watch that game now. Two games now. All right, Magic Words, please. Warriors favored. Yeah, good night. Damn nuggets. There we go. Uh, PZ will be here with Iggy next week. I'm not here. Because. Well, next two weeks I'm gone. Because. Work. And a banquet. You don't do work. I try not to work. That's the goal. That's the dream. That's the dream of everyone's lives. Uh, Boys, we are 57 days away from Lamal Bay. I thought you were going to say the roadshow. <laughs> no, it's not. It's no. much sooner. You need to know that. <laughs> no, no, no. We're, we're doing the countdown from La Ma Bay, boys and girls. Yeah, because nobody cares about smoke meat when you're going to get puts in at a five-star hotel. Yeah, yeah we got to get that figured out. Eh, boys? I was like, Eagle and I could be bunking together. That's true. It's possible. I am not sleeping with you, Mo. I'm, I'm, I'm a terrible sleeper. I move a lot. Also, like, consent matters, Mo. I know. That's <laughs> what so you said no already. Eagle. Eagle. That's some 20th century shit right there. <laughs> oh, come on. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it'll be uh, Peas and Iggy next week. Yep. Maybe you guys go four hours? Probably. With my lack of discipline and his not shutting the hell up, it'll yeah. be four hours. We're going to do a media mailbag too, so oh, it'll be fun. We're looking at a five-hour show. Then. Let's go. Let's do it. Extra right. content. FBF Plus. On to the NBA. Here we go. Sleeping, the smell of the last Christmas day.